Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. G'day everybody, it is that time of year, it is our Repco Bathurst 1000 V8 Sleuth Preview Podcast, and this is now officially, Will Dale, a tradition for us. It's our fourth annual, so therefore, it's a tradition with a capital T. Welcome along. <laughs> Thank you. We had to actually think about how many of these we've done now. There's that, that's how many we've done. Uh, when you've done a lot, you normally have to then try to understand how many you've done. So mm. we're not losing our marbles, it's just that there's a lot going on <laughs> yes. every year with podcast land. And this year's been no exception. So this is the start of a massive week and a half of podcasting for us around the Repco Bathurst 1000. So our preview episode this week, which gives plenty of uh, people driving to the event, something to listen to for the next hour or so, yes. uh, to get them in the mood for the mountain. We've got a whole pile of listener questions that have come in over the course of the last week. We'll get onto those a little bit later. We're going to go run through the 28 cars and 56 drivers car by car. We'll give us our take on what we think is going to happen. Whether we get it right or wrong is a whole other thing. But there's so many elements at play here for me. There's so many different storylines, different anniversaries, different elements. What's the standout one that's the Bannerhead one for you coming into this year's race? The, the Bannerhead storyline, the Bannerhead anniversary. Yeah, go anniversary first or the, the thing that sort of – popping into your brain first. Well, it would be remiss of me not to mention the anniversary of the 1992 Bathurst 1000, which is which for me is probably the one I remember uh, is probably the first Bathurst that I remember quite clearly watching and um, all the dramatic things that happened over the course of that day. I mean, we're up to what the 30th, 35th 30th anniversary of that race? 30th. Yeah. We're not yeah, going with yeah. numbers at the moment, no, no, are we? No, yeah. 92. Yeah. This is why we 22. write. We don't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we do We have us. a database for this yeah, thing. Correct, <laughs> correct. Exactly right. Uh, you're all a pack of, yeah, yeah, Not that one. so lovely people. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. that one. Lovely people in 02, but in 92 definitely wasn't the case. I can't help but go there with the overriding bannerhead across this that this is it. This is the last Holden v. Ford Bathurst 1000. It's incredible to think, isn't it, uh, it that it, this it, is it? Yeah. If you'd said this to us five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we would have all looked at you like you are on drugs. But here we are. Um, it's kind of been the last, last, last for, <laughs> for Holden at Bathurst because- The third encore, yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it is. The second but, encore, but, yeah. And I don't think it's a bad thing because there's a lot of people who are getting a bit of Holden fatigue. That is one of the burning questions I've got actually coming into this race. We'll cover those off a little bit later. But this is it. This is the last time that those two brands forget that there's a factory, not a factory, real car, not a real car, sick of some of that social commentary around it. It is a Holden. It it's is a Holden, Holden race car. It's got a Holden badge on it and GM allowed it to be a Holden, so therefore it's a Holden. And yeah. you know what? As much as it's um, a V8 or a supercar, um, it's very Australian in terms of its design and build in this country. So Absolutely. It's actually quite funny that it, the ZB Commodore supercar is more Australian than the road car ever the last, was. Yeah, the last Australian-built Holden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But for me, that's the fight. I know that we had the 2020 year where it was the year that Holden was officially killed off, um, but, of course, COVID meant that there was barely anyone at Bathurst that year. Except uh, one bloke with a flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bloke with a flag on Conrad Strait. We tracked him down, didn't we? Uh, uh, and then last year... 
Even still, not everyone was at Bathurst. There were no Kiwis able to come. A bunch mm. of borders were closed. A bunch of people couldn't travel because of their uh, work commitments, because of their traditional holiday period, because the race was in December. We've yeah. had to wait less time this time around for a Bathurst than we have in a long time for the 1,000. So for me, this is it because the family's back. Mm. This is the Kiwis, everyone from interstate, the traditional campers, uh, this is it. So this is the best way for it to be. It's taken a couple of years, but the farewell to Holden is going to be complete this year. Absolutely. And there's a very strong field of cars out there that could potentially deliver a Holden deliver Holden a win in its final Bathurst as well. And that would be win number 36. So Ford are going to have to go for 15 years or something thereabouts to be able <laughs> yes. to match it and uh, and get on top of it. Of course, the, cu- the count will start uh, fresh for next year of course a lot of people say oh but it's anyway, a yeah. general motors well if you're general motors you can count it that way but <laughs> i'm um, sure i'm sure they yeah, will i'm sure they will but yeah. chevrolet begins next year with with the camaro so as we said 28 cars uh 56 drivers three wild cards 25 uh, regular championship combatants it is the 62nd running of the great race at Bathurst. Of course, it's the 60th year, though, because there were two years where there were two races, and, yes, they both count as part of history. You can argue and debate all you like, whether you're pro-ARDC or you're a Tony Cochran lover or whoever you might be. Mm. They're part of history, so we count them very much as that. It's actually race number 1116 in the history of the Australian Touring Car slash Supercars Championship. So uh, there's a lot at play. Uh, there's a few milestones. In fact, there's actually a lot of milestones coming yeah. into this one. And there's probably the big one for me, if you're a Dick Johnson Racing fan, it's amazing how the planets have aligned for this. That's incredible. The Bathurst 1000 this year will mark their 1,000th championship race. Who would have thought that you could line that up yeah. at the Repco Bathurst 1000 yeah. in Repco's 100th anniversary and Repco are a support partner of the team. Oh, I mean, <laughs> seriously, who's writing these scripts? I just got to do the hard part and, you know, win, win. the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've seen this week that the team's unveiled uh, a retro livery for their cars to celebrate this 1,000 races, which no one's done in the history of the championship. So no. this, is, this is purely Australian touring car slash V8 supercar slash Supercars Championship starts. It doesn't count non-championship Bathurst and Sandowns and Albert Parks and Adelaide Grand Prix and Amps Cars and whatever else has come along the way. The number obviously goes up higher than a 1,000. Hmm. But this is an impressive achievement for this team and I think it's probably just that they're the first ones to do it. Oh, for sure. And it illustrates just how long that team has been around. And you think of, of course, you think of Dick Johnson racing. You think of Dick Johnson in his history at Bathurst, of course, hitting the rock in 1980. Dick Johnson racing didn't exist when he hit the rock. It it came into existence because, <laughs> because he, he hit, hit the, the rock, rock with exactly. all the donations from fans from around Australia and Ford Australia, Ansel Ford matching it dollar for dollar. Um, Didn't giving, quite think there was going to be as many dollars no, to match, though, when he said that. I, I think. think the marketing department got a very big shock on yeah, Monday. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dick Johnson Racing's first actual race of anything was Simmons Plains Touring Car Round, first round of the 1981 championship, which mm. Dick brought home a win. Yeah, good way to start it, wasn't it? Of course, there's been a bunch of different team ownership um, structures over the years, the, the Penske era as well, but it's an amazing achievement, everybody who's working there now and has been part of working there previously to get to uh, 1,000 championship races. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome too. Craig Lowndes will start his 300th championship round 
at Bathurst. He's the first driver to reach 300. Of course, the last few years it's been kind of one round at a time with one enduro <laughs> rather than two or three. Slowly ticking towards 300. Yeah, but Steadily he's, he's, ticking towards he's made it there now as a, a wild card this year with Declan Fraser in uh, the third triple eight car, the super cheap auto car. So a big congrats to CL. Uh, 400 races for Dave Reynolds. That one's not going to get much love considering <laughs> the uh, Craig 300 and DJR 1000. So uh, we slip in Davey there and give him a little bit of love. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll bring it up at every possible opportunity. He wouldn't have a clue. He, he seriously, he'd be no <laughs> well, good. Well, he knows with, now he, if he's listening to us. If, if we're no good with numbers, then what chance is Dave Reynolds <laughs> with numbers? Let's put it that way. Hey, let's go through the car by car. I know that a lot of our listeners have got their favourites that they're keen to hear. Um, maybe a few pertinent facts or stats or bits or pieces or our viewpoints of where they're at. We're going to go numerical order. That's usually the way to go. Although having said that, how bad we are about numbers today. We're going to go numerical. <laughs> this could be dangerous. Car two, Nick Perkett, Warren Luff. I can't help but think, does Luffy get to the podium again? Perkett knows his way there. He sure Luffy's does. been there six times. He's he's equaled the record for most podiums without a win with Brad Jones and Cam McConville. Um, surely, though, Luffy, he's been out of full-time supercars for over 10 years and still he delivers. In fact, he's delivered most when he's not been a full-timer. Since he stopped full-timing, so that was 2011 he did that season with Lucas Dumbrell, check out the results. Third, third, didn't start, accident. Um, Third, DNF, second, second, seventh, third, fifth. That's stunning. Oh, absolutely. He gets the – may as well start calling him the postman because he always delivers. But that's also an illustration of the the quality of the machinery that he's in. But you don't get in – He's in good cars. But you don't get in good cars – if you're not, you're not good. good at it, yeah. Mm. Um, and that Walkinshaw Andretti United car is a good car, as they proved at Bathurst last year. Now, of course, Perkat hasn't had the greatest year, but he has shown signs of starting to turn it around in recent recent events. And um, that's the sort of momentum you want to be carrying when you're heading to the biggest race of the year. Graph's going up. Yeah. It's inching its way back up. I mean, it, it, it's coming from a long way back, but yeah. it's been a rough year. But you can make a crappy year decent with a decent result in just one race. Of course, Perkat, he's been around the block now. This is his 12th Bathurst wow. 1000. <laughs> I'm feeling old when you say that <laughs> Perkett's on uh, 11 Bathurst. Luffy's up to number 22, I mean 23 that he's attended and intended to compete yes. him, but 22 in terms of actual uh, race. The thing for me here, I can't – you think normally when people fall out of main game driving that eventually after a couple of years of co-driving and they're not doing heaps of other racing in the year that it starts to get away from them. Mm. But Luff is the most evergreen with this stuff. He's still doing off-roading with in the Walkinshaw family. He's still heavily involved with Andy McElroy's team and driver coaching and but he's this in is the thing. cars all the time. Th- so- and that's it. He is in a car pretty much yeah. every day of the year in some sort of performance driving endeavour. Mm. And, yes, it's not a supercar, but it is keeping him sharp. Sharp indeed. So I, I think you'd have to just about, if those cars are any good at Bathurst, which you would expect them to be, Perkett's made the shootout a few times for BJR but hasn't been able to penetrate any higher than mm. sort of seventh-ish. So I, I'd, I'd be putting him in the shootout field. I think he's capable of doing that because those cars we know, not just last year, the last few years they've been pretty decent there. Uh, car three, it's a Tim Fest, Tim Slade, <laughs> Tim Blanchard. Tim of Squared. It's um, Tim B's team and Tim S's the main primary driver. Um, I mean, solid last year. They were they were there or thereabouts for most of the day, finishing the 10. Um, interesting one in the slate's clearly moving on next year. Who's going to take that chair? It's a bit of a question mark. But right now, they're a top 10 finisher for sure. They have to be. 
Yeah, and they've actually they've got more or less their um their standard lineup of engineering back on deck with Mirko De Rosa. It's been back. a while. Yeah, it's been a long while. So that's some level of um consistency that they've been lacking this year because it's been a rotating chair as they've been scrambling to find people who can can serve that role. I think we've seen what Matt Nilsson, we've seen Wally Stork. Yeah, Wally Stork is part there. of the lineup. Yeah, so. everyone's had a had a goat wearing a shirt. Um, qualified fourth last year, which a lot of people forget, finished mm. ninth, those two. So uh, plenty of experience going around for the two Tims. I mean, Slady's up to start 14, Tim B's up to start 12. So uh, that's a pretty handy lineup. Good continuity. Uh, you know, Slade, I reckon, yeah, you're just about – Say so he's a threat for the, the shootout to, to make it in there. But having said that, 10 spots, 28 cars going for it, I'm probably going to pick 18 cars that could make <laughs> it. But I think he's a he's a more than realistic chance there. But that single car mm. team element, so they'll be paired up, in fact, with the charters, yeah. with the way that the um, the grouping and the uh, pit booms will work. The Lowndes Triple Eight wildcard and the Murph Erebus wildcard, they'll be together. So... So you've got Cool Drive pairing up with with charters, and of course, servicing two different types of cars—a Mustang and a Commodore—just yeah. something to make it all a, a little bit different and interesting. But and uh, it's always an issue with combined pit crews as to one element maybe not being on the same pace as the other side of the crew. Mm, which, mm. with no, and I mean no disrespect to Matt Charter Motorsport, but the Blanchard crew has been doing it all year, and mm. and yeah. they, but they've been doing it as a single car team mm. as well because they haven't been in a pit boom share situation. So that and Tim Blanchard's been quite vocal about what that's cost him yeah. in terms of dollars over the course of the year. Let's keep it moving. Car number four, this is the first of our cars with the Bathurst 1000 and indeed Supercars Championship rookie in it. Uh, Jackson Evans, the young Kiwi, former Carrera Cup winner from a few years ago, uh, is going to pair up with Jack Smith. He had a little bit of a run in an evaluation day at Winton recently. Um, always interesting when you're getting an evaluation day and then getting confirmed on the same day and you've got a suit with your name on it. So I think that's <laughs> always uh, an interesting yeah. one. Uh, look, Jack Smith's actually done all right at Bathurst in recent yeah. years. I mean, I know a lot of people get on his back about him being a, a bit of a tail end Charlie and he's, he's there because he's got a budget. But he and David Wolf in his 17th last year, they're pretty consistent, stayed out of trouble. He drove a Jack Perkins the year before. So this is his third straight year in the number four BJR car. So he's, he's pretty well versed in the way that this place goes. Clean day, he's a top 15 runner easily. For sure. Probably the most fascinating element of this is to see just how Jackson Evan is, is going to go in a supercar because we know he's highly rated. He's a gun in Porsches. He he knows what he's doing. That's probably the most exciting element for me with this car just to see what he's capable of. And that's one of the other storylines here. We've got seven Bathurst 1000 rookies this mm. year. Last year, one. <laughs> Zach Best was the only yeah. one last year. And, and every year, I mean, because we don't have the, the massive fields of years gone by, it's a bit of a controlled driver pool in a way, if I can term it that way. So you would expect that the rookie count's not going to go up. But this year, the quality of the rookies in terms of what they've previously achieved, uh, the titles that they've won, performances at Bathurst in other categories, mm. it's a pretty good rookie class for 2022. Oh, absolutely. It's funny thinking back last year, we say there was one rookie, but there was nearly none because, as if you recall, Zach Best only came in because Alex Prema. They, they weren't willing to risk him getting stuck or anything yeah. and being without a driver. And that's sad because Alex Prema pretty much, you would think now, will never return to the Bathurst 1000 because 
it's almost a case of he's got too much going in America. Mm. It's too big a, a big, too big a project to bring him out here for one race uh, when there's plenty of local talent floating around. But I guess he remains undefeated. That's <laughs> true. Twenty nineteen winner and yeah. hasn't been back since to be able to be beaten. So. Oh, you would own that. You would definitely yeah, claim that. Absolutely. Uh, car number five, James Courtney chasing that first Bathurst one thousand win. Start seventeen for JC. He's got Zane Goddard. Alongside him, the highly rated young gun who drove for Matt Stone Racing last year. I think they're a quiet dark horse here to be top 10, top 8, top 5. I mean, JC's been close plenty of times over the journey, but Zane mm. Goddard Cup is really highly regarded and he's done some nice stuff. He's been driving the Gen 3 cars um, in, in testing as well and doing lots of laps there. But of the Tickford four, they're kind of number two. They're the clear number two for me. Well... Courtney's been quite hit and miss as to where where he's been throughout 2022. But you think back to this race 12 months ago, that car was in the sand in the early stage of the race and Courtney and Thomas Randall, who was his co-driver at the point, dragged that car back up to seventh place. So Courtney, Courtney could pull a surprise here. Are we going to talk lucky dog here? Oh, I'd rather we didn't. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I really don't like it. I don't – It this some, whole yeah. – like so that's – Case in point. So Tom Randall, who, by the way, did a super job in the longest kick on the weekend on Fox, if you saw <laughs> that, uh, on AFL Grand Final Day, knocked off a few AFL players for how far he could kick that ball. Um, he makes a mistake at turn one. He goes in the sand. They lose time or they pluck him out of there and get going again. Mm. When you're on the grandest stage of the sport and you make an error, it's a little error but it's a costly one, See, like it's like in the grand final on the weekend. Like you make a mistake, they don't just give it back to you. Like which it, which of the Swans errors are you talking about? Ah, uh, there's a few to go. How long have we got? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a it was a bad day to be a Swannies fan, that's for sure. But I don't like it. Feels tacky. It feels contrived. And I know a lot of people might say, but the safety car is. But this yeah. goes to a whole nother level. That and, and I know that those who would have voted for it are teams that most likely would have been off the lead lap or threatening to be off the lead lap later in the race to keep more cars in play. But I think there's more than enough cars in play without this and otherwise you're just bringing people into the game who really don't deserve to be there. Well, the other thing is you can kind of game the system a little bit. If you think back to last... Have you got a a hot wire cheat here? Well, if you think back to last year's race, there were a few cars that copped um, drive-through penalties for incorrectly passing the safety car as part of the whole lucky dog procedure. Um, those cars actually gained a bit of an advantage. Gained a very like, big like advantage. Even with, that, even with the penalty they eventually served. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'd be looking out for people trying to do that this year, intentionally or otherwise, mm, because yeah. there were definitely a couple of drivers involved who did it mistakenly. And if you're wondering what we exactly mean, if you maybe we have – Fast forward on this without bringing mm. you with us. In essence, it's a it's a system whereby under the race director's control doesn't mean he has to do it. We saw at the twelve hour that yep. if the weather's a bit dicey, they they won't go through with it. But to allow the lap cars to go on by mm. and get time back, yep. basically out of the queue in the safety car, which can bring some cars back into the race that otherwise are pretty much out of it at yep. that point, unless they get lucky with the way that safety cars fall or pit stops happen. And those um, cars that did in this particular instance, I think Brock Feeney from memory was one. Was one. Of, he was yeah. one who, um, yeah, which, which also highlights the potential for teams to just misunderstand this and potentially bury their driver with a yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. So that's 
that's back this year, that system. Mm. Um, there's a story, in fact, on our website this week if you want to track uh, the who, what, when, where, why and how of the lucky dog, you can read up on that on v8sleuth.com.au. Now, for me, Car 6 is the Tickford car for sure, no doubt about it. By light years, Cam Waters has been the leader of that team for a couple of years now. He and James Moffat back. Waters trying not to finish second for the <laughs> third time in a row. Second with Will Davison in 2020, second with James Moffat last year. Pulse sitter in 23rd on the grid last year. Red hot shot in the top four or five cars to win this race. If you look at all their driver combos among the leading Ford teams, theirs is probably the most evenly matched and the strongest the strongest on the blue oval side. And we know that car has been, as you've said, very consistently fast at Mount Panorama. It was fast there in last year. It was fast there in 2020 when Cam put it on pole. Fast there in February 2021. Um just don't know what they need to do to get it all right. I don't. I don't think they have to do anything different. They just do what they've done the last two years. I mean, when you say to get everything right, I don't think they've done much wrong. True. They, they had a flawless race last year, and yeah, they just weren't quite they fast just enough. Weren't quite at fast the end of the day. enough. So you get a little bit of luck for your way. But I think they just do what they've done. There is no reason to change their formula. There's mm. no. You go hunting something else. You'll drop something while you go looking for something else, and then all of a sudden you're not contending. So. Mm. This is the first time Cam Waters has ever had the same co-driver. He's oh, back this 1,000 career, yeah. not just year on year. He's <laughs> has his roll call. Grant Denyer, Jesse Dixon, Jack Perkins, Chaz Mostert, didn't get to start, mm-hmm. Jack LeBrock, Richie Stanaway, David Russell, Michael Caruso, Will Davison, James Moffat, James Moffat. So it's taken him until <laughs> now, um, until his 10th Bathurst 1,000 race start, 11th um, you know, attempt at the race because he didn't start with Chaz. To have a repeat co-driver, that's impressive. Or maybe he just smells. I don't know. I'm not sure what the story is. But. <laughs> we'll have to ask Moff. And Moff uh, yeah, he's got yeah. a good co-driver in James Moffat as well. And and, and, and the, I want to talk about James because he's been out of full-time driving now since 2017. So he's Full-time been a, supercars driver. Supercars driver. He's been TCRing and, and all that stuff. But he's been with Tickford Sense, which he'd been with them previously when he first started in their, mm-hmm. their FPR era. He has become a really important part of their puzzle in terms of their enduros. I mean, he's he was fourth with Chaz in 18, uh, 15th in 19, but they were running at the front before Chaz made that error and took the monster car out. Um, he was solid with Jack LeBrock. In fact, he had to sort of step up because LeBrock was no good that day in terms of his health. Mm. And then last year, that second place. I could see it in Moffat at the post-race press conference last year. Maybe you pick this up too. You know, quite often there's the two sides of second at Bathurst and mm. it's either I'm just thrilled to be here, oh, wow, how great, oh, I'll be back next year or each time this happens to me is another moment that I don't win this race. Yeah. The ladder was clear for James Moffat. That's not to say he's running out of years. He's still got plenty ahead of him. And he, didn't talk, he did talk about that on our podcast with him earlier this year. Mm, you just never know. Yeah. If you don't get back there, it's like you know losing a grand final. Oh, it's all right. We'll have another go next year. Well, it's not to say that you ever get there. Sometimes there is no next year. That's right. But I think they're they're in it up to their eyeballs. They're one of the four or five cars that you can you just genuine know they're contenders. Going, yeah, they're in the yeah. game. You don't have to make an argument for them or against them whether they're in the list or out of the list of contending. They are the yeah. clear Tickford Racing. Um, I was going to say great white hope, but great black and fluoro green hope because. Yes. That's the colour on the car. Car 8, I'm really interested in this. Andre Heimgartner, Dale Wood is back with BJR to co-drive. Andre's had a super season. I mean, Mm. I think he's outperformed what anyone's expectation level was on him replacing Nick Perkett with Car 8 having been 
very strong in years gone by. This is the bit where they just don't quite go the next level. The last few years has been pretty thin pickings for BJR. I just hope they're the next car, I reckon, outside of that core five or six that's a challenger if they roll out right. Oh, for sure. You look at the the dramas that Brad Jones Racing's had at Bathurst over the last, go back four or five years with power steering issues. Mm, messy. And yeah. This year, I don't think, I don't recall them having any issues anywhere. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. No, and Andre's just been getting better and better. Yeah. As the year goes on, he's become more comfortable with the car, the team. He's just clicked. Bradley knew when he was getting Andre and he wanted Andre because mm. he knew he didn't have Nick. Yeah. What he was getting. I mean, Andre's in a really mature headspace now. He's grown up a bit. Not that he was immature before, but there's always just that evolution of people. And I can see sort of he used to be a very shy, quiet guy. The personality's starting to come out now. Mm. That's the comfort level. So it's comfort in yourself, comfort in your your team, your car, your, your surroundings, home life, everything, your work yeah. life, everything. It's it's all going on for him. So I reckon they're a shot. And Dale Wood's still racing. Like yeah. He's still in Carrera Cup. He's still really fast. I think he's severely underrated because mm. he doesn't have a big name that comes with being a six-time champion of this and a million-time champion of that. But have a look at his results in the last few years. Ninth in 16, fourth in 17 with Erebus, mm. eighth in 19 with Rick Kelly, sixth with Percat last year. It's a fair body of work in recent times, and I don't think many people are looking at that. Oh, for sure. He's he's a rock-steady co-driver. He's someone that he's a pretty good pair of hands that you can trust your car to. And he's got the best set of abs in pit lane. <laughs> he's just he's constantly on training camps, just rigging out. Like, it's it's insane as I reach I'm for another sure, beer. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that gets you lap time somewhere. Hey, it's less weight you've got to carry. <laughs> if you've shredded <laughs> it off, you don't have to carry it around. Uh, so, car eight, Andre Holmgartner, Dale Wood, so, so this is ninth Bathurst for Andre, 15th for Dale. So this is one of those combos where the co-driver's actually got more Bathurst 1000 experience than the primary driver. Same's the case for car nine, Will Brown, Jack Perkins. One of a few combos from last year to be reunited together again. Um, for Will, first time, uh, sorry, first time last year, second time this year that he's the primary driver. He's a co-driver for, for previous years. And we talked about James Moffat being that just won a Bathurst win, mm. Jack Perkins is in that category even harder, even more, considering his dad won six and he's been going there plenty of times. This is his 17th Bathurst 1000. I think he's nearly officially a veteran now. <laughs> that 17th as a driver, he was at his first one when he was still when he wasn't even one year old in 1986, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. every year's Bathurst from the year he was born onwards. Yeah. The big question mark for this car, of course, is the lingering effects of its massive shunt at Pukekohe and what what um, other potential impacts that, that the um, rebuild will have on Erebus in terms of its preparation for this event. I hope that there's none. Oh, agreed. I would th- hope there's none That will be either. the thing when they roll it out to um, see exactly how it rolls out yeah. and see what happens and make sure that the door's... Way the right weight this year too. Ah, uh, yes. Because that uh, brought both cars undone after the shootout last year. One of those little things that this stuff happens. Uh, last year they had power steering issues, didn't they? And They did, but they were on provisional pole before the shootout. Yeah, and Will was the fast man on Friday, um, got wiped from the Saturday shootout and then they just didn't get into it 
on Sunday and that issue popped up pretty early. They did finish 20th in mm. the end. But, um, I'm yeah, I like – you can only base it off previous form. I mean, they had great momentum last year off the back of those SMP rounds where Will had a win and he was up there quite a bit and Brody mm. was pretty solid. They haven't had that same roll on into Bathurst this mm. year. So if I kind of always look at the calendar of events and Sandown and Pookie are always good tracks to have as guides for Bathurst and they've struggled there too on the whole. So am I penciling car nine into the shootout? It's oh, it's on the outside at the moment. Yeah, not far out, but it's I'm not as convinced this year as what I was last year. That's fair enough. You think back though that the one time we have visited SMP this year, both cars were still right on the pace. Mm. I know that's a long time ago now. Long but, time ago, yeah. But yeah, I don't think you can rule either of the Erebus cars out no, on two, speed. Two good steerers, really yeah. good steerers, and um, not afraid to have a dip. We know that from across the, <laughs> yes. the pair of them. Um, Jack Perkins, we talked about. This is um, Bathurst start seventeen for him. His best is a third in 2019 with James Courtney. That's the one podium result that he's had. So he desperately wants to get on that top step for Will Brown. His best finish is only a 15th mm. with Dave Reynolds back in 2020. So yet to really have any real success at the mountain uh, for Will. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. Car 10, Lee Holdsworth, his last one as a full-time driver. He'll be back next year. The big question is, who's he back with? But that's a question for after <laughs> Bathurst. Um, he's paired up with young Matthew Payne, the Kiwi, making his debut in the 1000 and indeed uh, in the main game. Uh, very different scenario for Lethal heading to Bathurst this year. Last year in a car that was a rocket ship. Well, we didn't quite know how rocket ship it was, but it was very rocket ship when we mm. got there. Uh, of course, he is uh, defending the race win, albeit in a different car and a different team here. Um, Groves don't have me convinced for their pace. Historically, that team has really not done anything at Bathurst, but remember they're in the Nissan era for a lot of that. This is very much now as beefed up as they've been that Brayside team. So, oh, sure. Um, they, they've got several months now of having the experience of David Couchy um, yeah. reshaping that team and taking the wealth of experience that he built at Triple Eight mm. and deploying it to make to get those cars up the grid. Hard to get a real read. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were 15th and 18th on the grid, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if they're they, in the they boned a few cars out of the way and managed to, to get in the top 10 shootout on Friday quality. But I, the question mark for me here is pain. I mean, he's he's clearly fast, he's clearly talented, but he's torn up a bit of stuff. That's part of being young. This is the place where you need to wind it back a notch. We know he's going to be in one of those cars next year. It's not like he's driving for his career or to prove mm. his um, credentials to pick up a job next year. He's got a job. So the job he needs to do this year is make sure he keeps the car straight because he's torn up a bit of stuff in the past. It's true, but I, I think there's probably a few better main drivers he could be with in Lee Holdsworth to sort of temper that. Good temperament. Yeah. Great temperament. And, and he's been around the block. I mean, Lee's now coming up. We, is it a bunch of these guys where you sort of go, oh, yeah, they've been around a little bit. You go, oh, no, 19 Bathurst starts this year for yeah. for Lee, of course, the winner last year um, with with Chaz and with Tickford before that and those years with Charlie Schwerkot's team that were pretty punishing where they were out of the race early in yeah. a couple of those occasions. So he got... He's got his Bathurst win now, Lee Holdsworth. So anything from here on in, I reckon, is a 
a bit of a bonus. So I can't wait to see where he lands next year. I reckon his signature will be fought over if it's fought over a bull. Yes. Because do we think he might have to go back to WAU as part of the deal for being allowed to leave? You would think, but then that's going to present them with an interesting conundrum. But Mm. we'll get to that later. Yeah, that's their problem, not ours. We'll wait and see. But nevertheless, Cartan, Penwright, uh, Mustang is Lee Holdsworth, Matt Payne. 11, Shelby Power Racing Team, Anton Di Pasquale and Tony Delberto. TD, 18th Bathurst 1000, uh, Anton's fifth. Um, Little point with Anton, has not missed the shootout yet. In all mm. of his years of being in the main game. Not that there's heaps, but in the four there's previous visits. Like back to 2018. Well, 2018 when he was third, that really blew us away. That was pretty impressive. Um, he was seventh on the grid in 19, sixth in 20, second on the outside of the front row, which Delberto converted into the lead on the mm. run to, to turn one. They didn't finish the race in the end. They're in my five. Delberto is, I think he has really, it's not right to say he's an underrated co-driver because I feel in the last... X years that he's been at that team, the rating's gone up and up. So in the industry, Tony Delberto is a really sought-after commodity for that team. You don't last that many years, particularly in the Penske era, Mm. at that team if you're no good. They were very, very intent on looking at co-driver data in those early years and probably all throughout, and Tony quite clearly cleared the bar very comfortably on each occasion because he wouldn't still be there. And you could argue he's there There have been times when there have been Bathists that he has probably been the stronger driver in his car over the mm. course of the race. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think they're a, they're a big chance here. If DJR's cars, I mean, they haven't been competitive at Bathurst for a couple of years for out-and-out speed. In race conditions. Yeah, yeah. Just, fast, I mean, in, fast in the lead-up, but just not quite there it, in 20 or yeah, 21. No, not there when you need it to be there. Yeah. So. The race is Sunday, not on Friday or Saturday. So yeah. they're, they're in the top five in my five cars to watch, no doubt. Um, uh, Anton's best finish is ninth with Brody Kostecki back in 2020 uh, and TD's with a third with Fabian Coulthard back in 2017. But he was fourth in 20 with Fabs as well. So um, fifth with Scott Pye in 16. So he's got yeah, a – He was fourth across the line. He, in, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sorry, in 2019 yeah, was yeah, the one no, I was no, thinking no. of. In 19, they were 21st officially. Yes. Uh, and we know what happened there. So that's car 11, the first of the two Shell V-Power Mustangs. 14, Bryce forward, Dean Fiore from Brad Jones Racing. So Bryce, fifth last year with Warren Luff. So it wasn't just Chaz and Lee winning. That other car was in the mix there right at the end too, not far away from the podium. Um, pro- I probably expected a little bit more from forward this year in terms of the experience he's got in the main game, but he's had to click into a different type of car, new relationships, all that stuff. I reckon this is where we could see it turning. If those cars were out of the truck good, he's he's a smoky for the shootout. Well, you know he's he's strong at Bathurst as a driver. You think back to that year, his last year in Super 2 where he just blitzed yeah. everyone and then lost the win because oh, he right, set, the yellow a, flag. set his fastest lap <laughs> of the race through a yellow flag zone. Yeah, yep. Um, you He's just it. missed the shootout last two years. I mean, mm. in Walkinshaw cars that were good cars, yeah. 11th in 20, 12th last year. So um, if BJ, if, if Heimgartner can make it in the shootout, Bryce shouldn't be too far away. I, oh, I think for sure. They're, they're Dean Fiore, he's a really experienced pair of hands, no ego, uh, very good hair, must be said. But uh, 14th start for the Fonz. Um, eighth last year with Todd Hazelwood in the 14 car for BJR. Sixth with Scott Pye for Team 18 in 2020. So... Last couple of years, he's been involved in a couple of campaigns that have gone really quite well. He was also sixth with Caruso back in 2017. 
for the Kellys in the Nissan team. He's been around since 09 now for Yori. Oh, wow. Um, so, and, of course, he hasn't been a, a full-time championship driver since 2013. So he did a Super 2 round this year at Sandown in one of Matty White's Nissans. In fact, that's the same car that Declan Fraser had that massive accident in at Bathurst last year when that wheel, remember the wheel nut came off and he ended up. Yeah, sure, Declan remembers it, remembers it acutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I said to remember you. Yeah, I knew yeah. he would remember. Well, actually, he might be a bit groggy by that stage yeah. when it was. I remember event, seeing but- the um, replay. I was walking um, through the, um, the area down in Reed Park with Stefan Bartholomeus, our colleague, and walking past the Repco tent, we saw the replays. It was, yeah, Messi. it was a big one. Mm. It was a big one. Yep, that was the Nissan uh, hatchback. Uh, Ultima version. Uh, so, yeah, Ford, Fiori, um, another one of these combos where the co-driver's got more experience than the main driver. Just, I think that's just an interesting statistical quirk more than anything that's going to affect their performance. Um, let's see how they roll. 17, Will Davison, Alex Davison, little brother, big brother, teaming up again. I want to talk about Alex Davison because I think this is an amazing thing. 17 starts. 17 finishes. It's unbelievable. And if he can do it again for this one, he breaks the record that he's equally got with Lowndes and Winkup for 17 in a row. Now, there's one year he didn't start the right, he didn't compete. He wasn't even there. So, 17 in success. 17 attempts. times in a row that he started the race, that he finished the race. Yeah. Not so much the, the succession of actual years, but. And he's only ever finished the race. Yep. Yep. It's, and he's. Uh, Best was fourth with Will in the Erebus Merc back in 2014. Uh, DJR looked stronger this year. Last year they were good in qualifying, but their race pace wasn't mm. quite there. They've had some more run-ons here. Uh, it almost feels a little bit different. Last year we were coming off those four SMPs where Anton was the, the form guy, but it sort of sw- swapped this year that Will's the form guy in terms of wins, speed, Poles. I mean, the qualifying head-to-heads 18-11 to Will this year, which I don't think many people would have predicted that. He has just gotten better and better and better throughout these 18 months he's been with DJR. Fine wine. (laughs) Yes. Good drop of red. Yes, yes. Uh, Tenth last year, these guys from sixth on the grid, they double-stacked early from my memory, so they sort of kept struggling to try to keep their neck above the waterline uh, to really become a factor during the day. And that's pro- that's probably the bi- the issue that will affect this team probably probably more than any of the others. Two cars, just about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I don't – I'd be – this seems like it would be less of an issue with Tickford where Waters, Moffat are clearly the strongest entry, at least And, and a Red Bull in, too. And Red Bull and probably probably Walkinshaw and Andretti United is the mm. other one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point to make. It's a – it's a very relevant point because that's something that's always a factor in race strategy mm. of just trying to split your cars that might be running pretty close on the track or be pretty comparative in their capable speeds. Um, for Will, 19th start. For Alex, he's 18th. Of course, the numbers are out of whack. They debuted the same year in 04, but Alex missed, I think it was 2016, he didn't uh, line up on the grid and, and have a drive in that year. Yeah, it was 16 that he didn't have a start. So they're absolutely up to their eyeballs as a challenger in this Whole thing. Um, 18, Mark Winterbottom, Michael Caruso back with the Irwin car for Team 18. Um, They've sort of not really had pace the last few years in terms of qualifying. I mean, Frosty hasn't made the shootout since 19, and when he did, he was 10th fastest. So um, a 6th and 8th and a 16th in the last three years for Frosty up there. But Team 18 have just been chipping away. I mean, Scott Pye's results have been solid lately. We'll talk Mm. about him in a minute. Um, but this car just 
hasn't quite really been a – always base it off – if you have to go and look through the paperwork and look through the tapes and look through the books to find out what happened to someone at Bathurst for three or four years in a row – they haven't really made a massive impression on anyone's yeah. memory. It's kind of been a, oh, okay, a sixth and an eighth and a, oh, okay. But there's not been a big bang Team 18 result at Bathurst just yet. But driver lineup-wise, this is quality. When you think back to the start of 2021 when we, we were at Mount Panorama for the Mount Panorama 500, Frosty was best of the rest behind, like, the three podium mm. cars. Yeah. So the team, the team has form. At Mount Panorama, they just don't seem to unlock it at the right end of the year. Yeah, I, I probably expect a bit more of them this year than what we got from them last year. Of course, Frosty, the winner with Richo, Steve Richards back in 2013. Caruso's best a third, but that's a long time ago, 2009 with Lee Holdsworth, and uh, they were 16th last year. So second year in a row that these guys are steering together. Uh, a couple of Sydney boys uh, from Doonside and... Um, Where's Caruso from? Northern suburbs, I, I would think. Well, they're not really then. <laughs> Two Sydney boys, are they? They're, they're they are from, Sydney boys. Just Sydney's very different a big ends of Sydney. Place, very yeah. different ends of Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Caruso, of course, been TCRing still and keeping his eye in there, so he's been still doing plenty of racing. Um, for Frosty, this is start number twenty. They oh, wow. back to two thousand three with Stone Brothers. Last podium there was the runner-up result in fifteen with Steve Owen. Um, for well, Pro Drive as it was then, it's Tickford now. So in car, this championship season, yeah, yeah, it was a very good year that one. Uh, Winner bottom Caruso uh, car eighteen, uh, no car nineteen this year. Of course, we've had one for a long time with Techno, but now that team is no more, and um, Premier Racing's born out of that. So the next car in the lineup is actually the next Team Eighteen car, car twenty. Scott Pye, uh, Tyler Everingham gets an opportunity there having um, replaced James Golding because James picked up that drive during the year in the subway car. So Scott Pye's numbers, I think it's the last, what, two or three rounds. He's fifth or sixth in points. Yeah. Numbers are solid, trending the right way. And he's Bathurst record. I mean, last year that was mechanical power steer. The Team 18 power steer issue returned to basically decimate that car straight away. But if you go backwards... From 2020 backwards results, a sixth, a seventh, a second, a second, a fifth. Mm. And he's done all that, having made the shootout in those years once. Yeah, weren't a couple of those um, podium positions from 18th or 19th? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in 17 with Luffy, he finished second from 20th on the grid. <laughs> and in 18, they finished second from 18th on yeah. the grid. So um, race is good, Scott <laughs> Pyatt Bathurst. Yes. Uh, the numbers back it up. Hasn't quite been able to get into the shootout since 2016 at Bathurst. Mm. But um, given the form of recent times, there are thereabouts. Well, they'd just be wanting a trouble-free run on that 20 car at Bathurst for the first time in countless. Like, yeah, well, if- well, they got a sixth in 2020, so that wasn't mm. a, a bad day at the, the office. They came from 12th, uh, he and Dean Fiore that day. So I, mean, I, feel, I feel like the dramas of last year, Overshadow anything else like it was so yeah. blunting, wasn't it? It was the first lap, lap just one, bang, yeah. done, and and it had been a consistent issue through the week that they mm. just weren't able to get on top of. And it feels like, seems like, smells like they've, they've taken it all that, back in house. Yeah, now, so. got that sorted for, yeah. for this issue. So hopefully that's not a factor for them uh, at the race. Scott Pye now coming into his eleventh Bathurst one thousand. So he's another guy who's been around now for a while. Debuted in twenty twelve as a co driver with Taz Douglas and Lucas Dumbrell's team and has been a, a main game full-timer ever since on the run through. Everingham, not a rookie. Some people might think it's his first start, but don't forget 
he was part of the GRM wildcard car in mm. 2020. So this is, in fact, his second crack at Bathurst. He and Jaden Ojeda finished 19th back in 2020. Uh, he is in car 20 this year, and car 20 is half of the number that he drove last time, which was car 40. So there you go. Who says we're not good with numbers? True. Worth noting also that Tyler was not the driver that was meant to be co-driving this car. It was originally going to be James Golding, but Golding got an opportunity at a different team. So Tyler had his first drive of the car on Friday in the additional driver's practice session at Sandown. And who did you go for a ride with on the Monday after Sandown? Oh, with Tyler. I can recommend him. He was very good. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars, Any yes. bottles of water and cool mints? Or? Um, no. No. Oh, okay. That's, okay. But Four I'd give him five stars anyway. Four stars. You've got to have refreshment. Yes. Have refreshment. Uh, Nick, you mentioned Premier Racing. That's the team James Golding has has gone to. The other car in that lineup's Chris Pither and Cameron Hill, car 22, the Coke Commodore. Um, Cam Hill, Bathurst six-hour winner from this year in the Proddy Cars, Carrera Cup champ, race winner in Toyota 86, um, Formula Ford champ, highly credentialed to get an opportunity with this team as a, a co-driver coming in. Chris Pith has been around for a long time now. He's been co-driver, mainly co-driver, occasionally mm. main driver. Um, last time he was main driver was 2020 with Team Sydney and the only other time was 2016 with Super Black. So um, he gets a pretty rare opportunity to qualify that car at Bathurst this year. He's generally been Friday afternoon spectator for primary driver uh, in the past. Um, new team. Still showing so I mean the 31 car's been their figurehead car for speed, particularly since the driver change with mm. Golding in. Gary Jacobson not on the grid this year for the first time in quite a few years. What do we expect? 22, is this a case of keep it out of trouble, keep it quiet, keep it calm, top 15, top 12 if all goes well? Pretty well. Like I'll, you would expect the team to just be concerned with finishing their first Bathurst and getting both cars home without, ideally without any scratches. Um, yeah, it's hard to see Pither. We know Pither's capable of being quick. We've He has a pole, career pole position. Mm, mm. Um, it's hard to see. He's not a qualifying king. No. Uh, it's he, hard to see this car making the 10. Maybe yeah, if all, no. in the shootout, if everything goes right on race day and they have a trouble-free run. I could see them t- finishing 10 in finish. the 10. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just his numbers have always been... Qualify lowly, work your way through smart racer. Doesn't mm. generally get in grief and drama. So that's on their side at Premier with a I mean, he's been around a while. This is his thirteenth Bathurst one thousand and Cam, of course, is coming up for, for number one. So um two very different ends of the spectrum there as well of, of where they're at in their supercars careers. So twenty-two, Chris Pither, Cam Hill, Coca-Cola Commodore. Uh, for Premier Racing. 25 is the reigning champion. Chaz Mostert pairing up this year, though, with Fabian Coulthard. So Chazzy coming to 10th Bathurst, ninth start. We know why. Um, and Fabian up to 19 now. So plenty of experience. He was the obvious guy for them to grab when they had no Lee. He loses his drive at Penske. Uh, sorry, the Team Sydney thing happens. It all turns to, to, to Mark and he's on the market. It makes sense, this chance. Is this Fabian Coulthard's best chance to win Bathurst? Having said that, he's been with some good cars and teams over the years. It's his best chance to win Bathurst this year. Get off the fence a bit further. He, he had great chances to win Bathurst with Penske. Like for, Is this a better chance? It should it, be. Because there's no Scott McLaughlin in this team and that was usually the problem that he had. Well, yeah, true. It probably, yeah. 
I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, I, I, that's where I was going with it. I mean, he was always in the Scotty shadow in the Penske era. I mean, he was third still with Delberto one year. They were fourth in 20. They were sixth with Luke Yulden in 16. So he's he's the logical bloke to for Walkinshaws to snap up. They know him too because he's been there before, remember, in the, the Bundy era, um, which is well, a while ago. That was ago a while now. ago. Yeah, now, yeah, I mean, 2010 and 2011, um, which. Geez, that's longer ago than I kind of thought when I started that sentence. But, <laughs> um, of course, Chaz, we know what we're going to get. We're, we're, he is top two, three, four drivers in the championship. Um, if that car's even close to being what it was last year, I can't, that's, that's I, the big I can't question, see isn't it. it. Yeah, I can't see it being like that again. I think they're going to contend. They're going to be right among it. But to absolutely nail it in the window like they did last year, that's mega, mega rare. Well, it all depends on how they how they went about it, how they achieved that, what they did to the car, what bits they developed to achieve that speed, and whether it translates to to this this year's event, this year's conditions. Different time of year, October Different time to of year. December. But also, like that result came out of absolutely nowhere last year. Like because none they, of us saw, no one no, saw that. No coming. one was predicting that. No. Not even close. They were in the group mm. of people to look for. But no one would have come Saturday and Sunday. Nothing could touch that car. The only no. way that car was going to lose that race was if something happened to it. It, it wasn't losing it stage. on speed. Well, when they got a flat tire, but that and just still was came a back. Minor speed bump in their day. Grand, yeah. in all things, uh, in the grand washout of things. So, twenty-five. Chas Most at Fabian Coulthard, right in the mix. Twenty-six. David Reynolds has Matthew Campbell, the Porsche factory driver. As co-driver for him, it's Matty's fourth Bathurst. He's been doing it for a little while now. Uh, Dave Reynolds lining up for his 15th, 16th attempt because his first one, um, sorry, the second one it was, wasn't it, that he got shuffled out of the Autobahn car for Rick Kelly to mm. take over alongside Paul Dumbrell. So come on, that first attempt it um, didn't get, didn't well, get to didn't the grid. Even, yeah, <laughs> he didn't, well, he didn't get uh, the, the McConville PW car started on the grid and then it went Turn on the formation two. lap. I turned two, yeah. yeah. Um, and they started the race anyway. Mm. <laughs> and then they threw the yellow. So he didn't get a chance. It took him his third trip there to actually turn some laps in in the race. That was with Walkinshaws actually with Andy Prio in the Bundy car, which is going back a little bit of a way. Looks like Dave's got a bit of mojo back this year. We've seen some strong results. It's been a little bit quiet for a little while. Good drivers go good at good tracks. If they're half decent, he's, he's there or thereabouts. And... But they're the one team, and I said it earlier with the Holdsworth car, nothing's going to surprise me whether they're right up there or they're nowhere. I'm kind of not shocked by yes. <laughs> what we're going to get there. But I hope that they uh, I hope they can inject themselves into being in that leading pack and in that contending mob at the front because if you inject a Reynolds in an energised, fast car, that's interesting. That's really interesting because he's kind of not been a regular there or thereabouts for a little while now. And and in his co-driver Matt Campbell is no slug. He is ex- oh, he's, he's, he's proven he's a world class driver. Class. He's proven himself to be very good around Bathurst in a supercar as well. Gave nothing away to Todd Kelly, Shane Van Gisberg, and like Triple Eight. Andre Heimgartner. Triple Eight were very impressed with him in that year against uh, alongside Shane. You don't get Porsche factory status unless you. Yes. Pretty factory spec. So, um, and that's nothing to say nothing of all the stuff he's done in the 12 hour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he knows his way around that place. That's a good lineup. I really like that combination of those two. Uh, 31, let's keep zipping through them. James Golding, Dylan O'Keefe uh, with Premier, Subway Commodore. Golden's coming on. 
James mm. is fast. We know that. Yeah. But the last couple of rounds he's clicked into that car and some of those results that oh, there were a couple that were so close, the bend where they got wiped out in the rain, um, some issues at um, Pukekohe, but we've, we've seen speed and it would not shock me, wouldn't shock me, if Golding's knocking on the door of the shootout. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the shootout, to be perfectly honest. That would be a big result, oh, really for big sure, result. For sure, for sure. No, he's more than fast. I mean, almost made the. You think back to 2018. He almost made the shootout in his well, GRM he would have, days. He? Didn't the thing have a bit of a? Did have an airbox fire on yeah. his fastest lap, and it cost him two tenths, which would have put him into the ten. And he was twelfth on the grid and finished eighth with mm. Richard Musket. He was eighth again with Mark Winterbottom in 2020. And as we talked about, had signed up to drive with Scott Pye again this year, but this opportunity popped up. So he's become a, uh, a Subway sandwich artist for the second half of the <laughs> yes. supercar season. Do you like that? Yeah, I did. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Dylan O'Keefe, his co-driver, third start at Bathurst, 11th with Andre Heimgartner for Kelly's in 2020. He was with Gary Jacobson last year, 14th for Team Sydney. So he's driving exactly the same car <laughs> that he raced last year, albeit uh, in a very different look and uh, different team mode. But Different he's workshop, been, different uh, everything really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So – I think the chassis plate's probably about the same, yeah. the same yes. thing on that, just about uh, as the rest of the, some of the inside metal. But uh, it's had a big birthday in the off season, um, and he's he's racing plenty, you know, mm. TCR and the Peugeot for for GRM. So, um, but yeah, Golding, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing him released and unleashed. And there's a great story in the next car, 34, Jack LeBrock and Aaron Seaton, Aaron Glenn's kid, Bo's grandson gets his go at the race that's defined his family. This is this is so exciting. This is I'm really thrilled for this. He's the right quality of guy. He's worked his way quietly and methodically up through the ranks, has done it without fistfuls of cash. He's there on talent. He is there not because of his surname. Oh, absolutely. And this will be the first time a father, son, grandson have completed have competed in the great race. Mm, I was interested in your wording then. Yeah. The answer You've is be no. careful. Really? Ooh. If you said Bathurst great race, then I would say then you're right. Mm -hmm. But if you say great race, mm -hmm. that brings the Perkins into the mix because the great race at Phillip Island, the Armstrong 500, Eddie Perkins raced at. That's true. Larry Jack. But if you just limit it to Bathurst great race, this is the first time that there's been three generations. Well, three generations is also a bit tricky as well because oh, you're going to go with uh, George Reynolds. George Reynolds here, who is brother-in-law or was brother-in-law to Eddie Perkins. Mm, mm. Depends how a how tight you want to keep the family tree yes. connected together. But nevertheless, it's a pretty cool story. And so, absolutely, Aaron's first start in the race is what? When was Glenn's? 2010 was the last year he did with Barks in the the Kelly Commodore. So here we are 12 years on for the next generation to get a go. He's been in Super 2. Um, LeBrock, 8th Bathurst, 1,000 for Jack. Um, he's there or thereabouts. I mean, he, he was in the shootout last year, which a lot of people were forgotten about, that he qualified 8th in the shootout um, and lined up there. So, uh, again, the, Matt Stone Racing are always hard hard to read. They've I'm been not, up and down all year. Yeah, they, they, they really have yo-yoed, but... Um, I think they're in that 10 to 15 mix if they get it right. They're 15 to 20 if they're not getting it right. But they're one of those teams that I reckon really needs to put the eggs in the Sunday basket. Don't get sucked into the qualifying muscle flex stuff and, you know, 
it's just oh, I just don't see it being worth but it. But that but that's the problem. You where you qualify, it, I know it's a thousand yeah, K race, know. but it's hard, it's hard to, hard to pass here. It. It's yeah, hard to it pass here in this generation of supercars. It's true. That's true. Right, bugger it. Go fast. Yes. <laughs> Go for the shootout. Try to get in there. LeBrock's capable. I mean he's if that car's good, he's he's there. In the last you know, outside of that Tickford Mustang last year, he wasn't he was unwell, I think, in twenty twenty, wasn't he? And yep. James Moffat had to do a bit more driving than he Otherwise, probably had to expected. hop back in and do the final stint. Yeah, yeah. So LeBrock's been going there since fifteen. He drove Erebus. He was fourth the next year with Cam Waters in the uh, Monster Pro Drive Falcon that a lot of people will forget about. And of course, the thirty-five cars: Todd Hazelwood, Jaden Ojeda, uh, Todd eighth last year with Dean Fiore for BJR, but he's back with Matt Stone Racing, who he's been with previously. Ojeda, he's no stranger to that team in the thirty-five MSR car because he drove it last year with. Zane Goddard, um, Todd Hazelwood, not flashy, not not big egoed. No, capable of being very quick over a single lap. Quite calm and controlled. I mean, sixth Bathurst 1000 for him, it's the third for the juice. Um, I just can't get a read on this team sometimes. Of Again, they're a bit like the, the Groves in the – it wouldn't shock me if LeBrock's in the shootout. But then again, it wouldn't shock me if they're 21st on the grid. So, it all depends on how they roll out of the truck. Yeah, yeah, and I know we keep saying it, but it is absolutely yeah. key. I mean, the good thing is there's plenty of sessions and plenty of laps for people to, to get their pending. eye in. Well, Weather yeah, and that's pending. the other thing. But the other thing is you need to run those sessions, even if it's wet and crappy, because if it's wet and crappy on Sunday, you need to have got your eye in as well as you could have to oh, be able sure. to learn where the grip is, where the grip isn't. There's there's plenty of factors at play. So, um yeah, they're in my. They're in my. I'm not quite sure. They're, they're on the grid. They're on the. They're on the grid. We know that much. We know that much for sure. So that's car 35. Todd Hazelwood, Jaden Ojeda, 51. I bet you when Greg Murphy left Bathurst after doing pit lane reporting in 2019, he would not have had 0.01 of a percent of thought that the next time he would come back would be three years later, and racing. In the Bathurst 1000. Yeah, but it's gone on between now and then. Look, global pandemic's always hard to predict. Yeah. But um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wild cards for Bathurst, it would appear equally harder to pick. Yeah. And having not been able to quite get it done last year because of borders and quarantining and all that stuff, here we are. Richie Stanaway returns to supercars for the first time in three years. Greg Murphy's back at the 1000 as a race driver for the first time in eight years. And you know what? There's no expectation here at all. No, none whatsoever. None, and I don't think they should either. No, I'm excited to see what Richie will do mm. on the basis of, okay, we all we all know what his full-time supercars years looked like. It it wasn't, it certainly wasn't something you'd want to go back and dwell on. It reflective of his abilities <laughs> no, and not previous in the slightest. Yeah. Now he's back in a good headspace. He's had... Plenty of test opportunities in this car, or as many as you can get mm. in, under the current rules. And no pressure. Yes, exactly. Nothing it's a car, hangs on this. It's a car that will be, if based on the form of the other Erebus cars, it's a car that is potentially capable of getting in the top 10 on speed in the shootout. Whether he can go out and execute that, having been out of the cars for so long, is another matter. Doubtful. It's unlikely. Mm. But boy, wouldn't it be good if he could? Oh, I, I love the unknown at Bathurst. You just never, it's the box of chocolates. You never mm. know what you're going to get next. And yeah. Murph is clearly, and I remember talking to him about this when it was being mooted last year, before it was officially even confirmed. It was a little bit of a, an off the radar discussion we had on the phone one day. And, and 
and it was kind of almost a, well, why shouldn't I do this? Because even yeah. his family, even his wife Monique said, why not? You yeah. know, you've, he's got nothing to prove. This doesn't change his legacy, his career, his four-time wins, his polls, his lap of the gods. It's a little postscript chapter. He's going there to do it because it's going to be an enjoyable experience. It doesn't come, and he has talked about it this year, it doesn't come with the uh, angst, headache mm. of being a full-time professional race driver that everything depends on everything you do and everything you prepare for for this race. This is going to be, and I think it's a really timely thing too, that it's the last one for Holden's at Bathurst yeah. and that one of their great lions, in fact probably their greatest New Zealand lion over the journey, and I put him above Van Gisbergen comfortably in that area because of the strong ties Greg's had for Career so many long years. Ties. Long, long yeah. time. Holden relationship, HSV relationship, his success at Pukekohe, his Bathurst wins. I mean, he's been a Holden man through his whole supercar career from the very get-go. So mm. um, this is cool. This should be celebrated. And if they get a little bit of a result, great. Bonus yeah. extra. But the Greg Murphy and Richie Stanaway, I mean, look at the headlines from the last 18 months about this project. The media fodder, the interest from the other side, how many Kiwis are going to come this year? Not just because they now can again, but because this car is in the lineup. I reckon that will have brought a, a, a ton more of them. Oh, for sure. The opportunity to go see Greg Murphy do one more Bathurst? Absolutely. Heck yeah. I'll be interested to see just how much merch they've sold, how visible that that branding will be throughout the paddock and throughout the spectator. I, I reckon there'll be a bit. Yes. Plenty of 51 going around. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. 55, though, Thomas Randall, Zach Best, Castrol Mustang. Uh, Thomas, as we mentioned, seventh last year with James Courtney. Zach was 15th with Jack LeBrock, but starred. Did a super job in his first uh, 1,000. More than held his own and proved that he belongs in the mix, uh, the lad from Benalla Way. Um, Is this the third best of the fourth Tickford cars in terms of where we'd expect him to be speed-wise? Based on the year so far, you would have to say yes. But again, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Randall. As we saw, he pulled a result out at the bend. Mm, yeah. he, he can unlock speed in these cars. If Tickford cars are quick, I could he could be that third one of them in the shootout. Mm. I, I think Jake Kostecki's probably the – he can be fast. So nothing would shock me with him. But we're going into a situation with – Thomas Randall now for the first time, he's the driver. He's the primary. It's his car rather than he's the co-driver and not qualifying. So Mm. I tend to find over the journey, if you look back through it, when guys get their first chance to be the main game driver qualifying at Bathurst, unless they're an absolute rocket ship, they're going into the unknown a bit. But the beauty is the length of that session on Friday afternoon and the sheer number of sets of Tires that you get to get thrown at you. Just throw another this, set on, yeah, have another go. This isn't one and done. This is just keep having a crack. So I think he's really well placed. It's his fourth 1,000, Zach's second. Uh, let's see what they can do. It's going to be interesting to see how 55 rolls. 56, Jake and Kirk Kostecki, the brothers, back together last year with MSR, this year with Tickford. It's funny um, that it's one of the driving combinations that stayed the same despite even though they changing teams. teams yeah, yeah, and cars. Commodore yeah. to Falcon. 
um, a triple eight built car to a Tickford car. You probably couldn't get more extreme uh, opposite changeovers. Thirteenth uh, last year for these guys. Uh, I could see that happening again. Oh, if they have a trouble free run, yeah. Tickford cars are generally very yeah. solid around there. Yeah. Yep, no, it can be done. I mean, Kurt Kostecki, this is his third 1,000 for Jake. It's his fourth. Um, remember that Kurt didn't run in 19. It was Brody and Jake running together as a wild card. So mm. um, Jake's got a couple of more main game starts at Bathurst in the 1,000 than Kurt. So a couple of guys with – their experience levels are pretty high now for young guys. They've been doing this for a, yeah. a fair while across the journey in all the different supercar categories. Uh, 88, Brock Feeney, Jamie Winkup, Jamie in the co-driver chair. First time he's not qualified a car since 2009 when he was sharing with Craig Lowndes who did the qualifying duties oh, that year. And you've got to go – I mean, Lowndes and Winkup, they were the two main gamers paired together mm. uh, rather than co-driver, main driver as we have under the – the current rules. So, I mean, you've got to go way back to, uh, you know, he didn't qualify those early years he was there. No. Um, you know, Mark Noski qualified their car for GRM. Alex Davison qualified the Castrol Perkins car. So it took him until 08 to get a crack at qualifying up there. <laughs> then they boned him for Lousy the next year, but he was in ever <laughs> since after that. Um, I'm really interested in this. Feeney, I'm really interested in the way that particularly at Sandown when he finished on the podium, he got a really great cheer there. Mm. I reckon the fans are getting on board with Brock Feeney here, and it's not just when your name's Brock. I mean, that's handy. That doesn't hurt when you're going to Bathurst and your name's Brock. But um, I feel there's a real sense of um, fans are getting on board the Brock Feeney journey here. I mean, he's there or thereabouts. We don't expect him to beat Shane Van Gisburg, and certainly not at this stage. But he's just crafting together a nice rookie season that would have a nice big cherry and a big dollop of cream on it if he puts together something good at Bathurst. Well, in terms of putting something together, we know the Triple Eight cars are always fast when they go to Bathurst. They're definitely a lock, you would think, for the shootout. Both? Usually. All three? Well, you think back to last year when Feeney was qualifying the wildcard car, He, the car qualified what somewhere 15th. in the mid to, yeah 15th. Yeah. He didn't put all his best sectors together. Mm. Had he done so, he'd have out-qualified Win Cup mm. or come very close. They <laughs> both still would have been on the outside of the 10. But yeah, you think with, a, with an additional full season's experience or most of a full mm. season's experience. The main chunk of it. Yeah. He he should be in the 10, Yeah, realistically. Yeah, I think it's a disappointment if he's not. Yeah. I think it's a fail if he's not. Um, he finished 10th with Courtney in 2020 on debut. Was that his birthday? Wasn't it his 18th it was. He birthday? He turned 18. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Um, was in the mix in the super cheap wildcard car last year until he crashed at the top of the hill, having a having a dip um, in the latter part of the race. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're in the mix here. They are in the mix here. And the question is, how rusty is Wink Up? I think he'll be fine. I yeah, think I, that I don't first see year out, I don't think you get too much rust on you. And he's still been doing a little bit of driving. So, um, the the question will be how he fit, how he fits into the co-driver role. I think it'd be fine. But from a mentality from point a mentality of view, point of view, where you're not the guy who has to try and make well, you've got to make passes, but you you can't risk the car. No, you can't. You can't. But uh, and Jamie has been, for want of a better term, a driver who's been more than willing to risk the car over the course of his career. He's done so very successfully. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting point. I haven't really considered it too greatly, but. What, what a luxury for Triple Eight to be in when oh, the yeah. co-drivers are wink up and tander. Yeah. Well, are they going to – if they've got a car to race with, I think you'll let them race. Yeah. I mean, I think they know best. So 
they're in a really good position of what they can do with their lineups. Oh, you prefer that cars. to be the option? Yeah, absolutely. So if, if there's a race on with co-drivers or a co-driver that has to stand up against main games, Jamie Winkup's going to stand up. Like mm. it's those those cars are always. There's never been a year where you go, ah, oh, what happened to Triple Eight at Bathurst that year? I think I talked with Roland Dane about this in recent times on the pod. Mm. Every year, whether it's one or both of them, you remember what happened to them because they were in the mix. Yeah. They were part of the story of that race, whether they won it or they didn't. Although worth noting, for the last couple of years, Win Cup was not the Triple Eight car that was part of the mix. Yeah, but he was in the in play. I mean, in 2020? They, uh, until he they, shunted it, yes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm, he I'm, was I'm in play 19. Then. I meant 19. So they finished fourth, but they were leading. Oh, yeah. Late. They were in that Absolutely. lead group. So cards didn't quite fall their way. And, yeah, he made an error in 20 that's a pretty rare one, but it was a costly big one. Um, but in at, speed, the 88 car as it was last year. Yeah, didn't have it. wasn't there at any point. No, no, no. It was kind of, I mean, they finished fourth. They get a free spot when Shane's yeah. tyre goes um, at the end there, but they're, they're fifth at that point and that's probably about where they where they were so really interesting yeah your point's a great one i'm interested to see how jamie adapts to this but i think he's i think he'll do this fine and i'm interested to know how it goes from his perspective if he wants to do it again moving Mm, forward or if he goes geez that was all way too hard or i'd be more value to the team by being out of the car than in the car really Mm. interesting on what plays out there but um, I mean, it's been a while between drinks. When was the last time Jamie Winkup finished on the podium in the Bathurst 1000? Was it 2013? Mm, yep, second winner bottom, the winner the year before. Yeah. Ten years since his last win. Wow. Jamie Winkup in the 1000. He's a four-time winner. Um, he's lining up for 21 Bathurst 1000s this year. Brock Feeney, three. So <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a difference. disparity. Yeah, a little bit of, uh, little bit of a difference between them there. But... Um, it's actually the first time that Winkup hasn't co-driven with either Lowndes or Dumbrell since 2011, Andrew Thompson. Yeah, yeah. So I love and Another little... Bathurst that he probably could have well, won had things played out yeah, differently. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on the ones that Jamie didn't win and probably could have, should have. Imagine if he was didn't. an 11-time Bathurst winner in a different, in a parallel universe by this point. Uh, anything's possible. It's one of those places. It's mm. one of those days. Uh, 96, we're getting through our car by car. We've got a bunch of listener questions we'll pound into very shortly. Uh, Macca Jones, Jordan Boyce, um, the 96 Commodore. Jordan didn't run last year, drove with Todd Hazelwood the year before, crashed the car. So he's got an opportunity here to um, bounce back. Has been in wildcard land this year. Maybe he's done a couple of rounds in an image Commodore um, mm. as well. So that's been a good opportunity for him to do some running. And, and get his head into the game. Uh, Mac has been solid at Bathurst. I think he's probably been overlooked for his Bathurst record in recent years. 2016, 10th, 17, didn't finish. Perkett had that shunt late. What, well, last lap, wasn't it? Started the last Very lap. Very late, yeah. Um, seventh with Perkett the year after, 16th, 13th, 12th. So he's there or thereabouts. Yeah, and that seventh June. place... That seventh place with Percat in 2018 came in a car that had no power or very um, infrequent very infrequent power steering. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. And, and now he's up to start eight, uh, debuted in 2015. So I think, you know, I, th- I think he's a there or thereabouts. Doesn't really qualify mega strongly. It's been in the 20s at Bathurst more than not in the last couple of years, but race is pretty good, works his way forward. So If, um, if that team has a trouble... Again, they'll be looking for a trouble-free lead-up. You remember that car was in the fence on, I think, Thursday Arvo or Friday Arvo last year? Or last year? Or Holt. 
oh, they've, they've yeah. had a few issues. Yeah, now that you say it, the last couple of years, the early part of the week has yeah. caused them some headaches. Oh, yeah, ground oh, to a hold with Chris Bither had a crash in. Must have been Thursday afternoon. Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had an in. engine issue or an oil First leak of practice. some kind. Yeah, yeah opening yeah. lap of Thursday. Yeah, so uh, that usually dictates how your weekend tends to roll, but um, they're not in too bad a place in car 96 rolling in. I must admit, as we record this, I haven't seen or heard what their livery is because they've changed the sponsors on that car throughout the course of the year. So I'm not sure who's got the the Bathurst deal for car 96, but we will keep an eye on that. And of course, we bring you all the liveries on v8sleuth.com.au as part of our leading coverage. 97, yep, we know this bloke. In fact, we know the other bloke too. Uh, Van <laughs> yes. Gisberg and Tander, they're the bookies' favourite at the moment. They have to start as the number one favourite. Of course, the 2020 winners. Um, Shane's up to start 16. Garth's up to his 24th start, 25th time at Bathurst. He missed in 14 when that car was damaged with Warren Luff at the helm in Saturday morning practice. Fourth year together, these two. They've generated a second, a first, 18th last year while running second. Mm. Um, They're clearly, clearly the car, the team to beat here. Um, But we thought that last year. Yeah, we did. And Shane had an no even more impressive in, run. No one factored in the mustard element there. It was interesting to see how that race played out, how they, how hard that team worked to try and snatch a victory away, and it just didn't quite work out for them. We talk about ninety seven. We're talking about ninety seven. I was watching a little bit of the replay the other day, and it reminded me. So remember that this year we saw at Pukekohe Shane's um, hairpin. Park it up the inside, make Will Davison go the long way strategy. Yes. He plays that those cards when he knows he's vulnerable. Yeah. Remember Bathurst last year? Remember what he did when he stacked them up? Across the top, yeah. Across the top was at the cutting mm. and that brought Wink up into the mix and pushed Chaz back a couple of cars in the queue. I mean, he had the pace to come on back. If you see Shane play those games, you know what it means about what he thinks about his car at that point in time. That's a very good point. And this is a crucial part for the journey here for this race this year. Not so much for us, well, it is for us watching, but it is for his competitors because if they see that, blood they, in the water. they have to be ready to see it yeah. and then not just smell the blood in the water but do something about it. They have to pounce on him. Yeah. It, w- it would be, like you said, this is, this is the car that is the obvious favourite. Heading in, By far. but like as I said before, we thought that last year. But it's not like they were miles away. They weren't miles away, but they weren't the dominant force that Shane had been throughout the entire season leading up to that point. No, no, and this is a very different race, mm. a very different scenario. I'm not concerned about Tanner's pace here, by the way. No, not he's at all. He's been driving a microphone all year, but he's still been driving a GT bit of stuff, cars. GT Audis and yeah. stuff like that. He's top shelf. Yeah. He is top shelf. He's one of the guys I would want to have racing for my life because yeah. he is dead set that good. Does he go on after this one? It's a good question, isn't it? Wow. I mean, yeah, the career in the TV is clearly there for him. He's got a gig. Hmm. But if it's only one enduro a year or maybe two moving forward. We hope two moving forward. Yeah, but that's well, another discussion for another time. 500 hashtag. Yeah. Um, surely he's got to keep going. He's going to keep getting offered good drives and good cars. Or is it triple eight or nothing? Oh, well, what other good cars will we be getting offers from? Because Triple Eight would be the others. first offer. Well, yeah. True. Well, the other thing is, it's an interesting one. It's probably a chat for another day. But Lowndes is under contract to Triple Eight for next year. Does Jamie want to do Bathurst again or not next year? Might be. Do they be run a wild card the or not owner. next yeah. year? 
they might end up with Tanner and Lowndes. They might end up with Lowndes and someone or who knows. Like there's so many questions here that we might be seeing the full stop on a couple of things or the last of a little era that might change here. So I'm not saying this trying to make it happen or because I've got any intel here. You're just always mindful of people who've been doing this since 1998 that they're closer to the end than the start. And And maybe they don't necessarily want to continue. And that's the other thing too. I mean when you've got – Kids going karting, business commitments, other stuff on. Sometimes it's just – and look, Lee Holdsworth made the call to go, you know what, probably could have gone on, but there's other stuff in my life. I've had a good run. I'll see you every October and yeah. have another crack at some or for trophies that, every year. Or for that matter, Greg Murphy at the end of 2014 wasn't really enjoying the co-driver thing. Didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, had an opportunity to do the TV thing, took that. Had a year to go on his HRT contract mm. as well and actually um, – Pulled it early to go and do TV. But Van Gisbergen and Tanda, yep, they're there. And I think it's you know, the last Holden one. Tanda has more starts in Holdens in the history of the championship than any other driver. So mm. um, if he was to become a five-time winner, that would be a, a pretty appropriate outcome too. And, oh, for sure. And I think too, and I've said this before, I think it will be a shame if, I mean, they won in that 2020 COVID year where there was barely anyone there, where there yeah. wasn't that big crowd of people underneath the grandstand, the traditional – elements you get when you win the Bathurst 1000, they didn't get. Now, Garth had experienced it before. But Shane hasn't. But Shane hasn't. Shane yeah. hasn't had a full-spec Coke-winning Bathurst. He's had a very watered-down Diet Coke version. So um, it, the, That would be good for Shane uh, to get that. Yeah, somewhere in his career. I mean, yeah. if you're going to win the Bathurst 1000, you've got to win it with all the, the bells and whistles connected to it. So uh, let's see how that one rolls this year. A couple of cars to go. 99, Brody Kostecki, David Russell, third last year. The best move of the race last year was his outside run around the outside. I, admittedly, <laughs> around the, top the whole of the hill. car, but you still got to execute the move oh. and not put it in the fence. Oh, so seriously, yeah, and a beautiful shootout lap. I think people forget about that. It was overshadowed by Chaz's, but mm. Brody's lap when he did it was right at the top there. So yeah, and um, realistically, the the whole lightweight door thing that wouldn't have made no, a no, significant no, difference. No, no. Exactly right. Dave Russell was a bit of a surprise signing to that team for last year, it's got to be said. Lots of experience. Uh, this is his 13th Bathurst 1000. Um, he's been the co-driver there every year since 2010. Uh, in 03, he went up there with Jose Fernandez um, in one of Jose's cars uh, back when the development series cars were sort of tacked onto the grid and, hmm. and ran as part of it. They weren't. We didn't have wild cards back then. They were, they were permitted to, to, to be part of it. So a bit like Car 9, you know, th- that I can see – this car performing decently, strongly. The lead-up form's not mega strong, but then again, um, Chas Bostitz wasn't last year either because exactly. they were focusing on something else. So um, the other thing is too, don't forget, Erebus have Walkinshaw engines. Walkinshaw engines, pretty good. At they are. Over journey. Good and on it, power and good on economy. And this is a full stop because this will be the last time that Walkinshaw engines go to Bathurst in mm, the main race because, of course, next year, Gen 3, it's a sole provider for each car. It's um, KRE for the Chevys and it's Herod's um, for for the Fords. So it's the end of a bunch of eras yeah. going to Bathurst this year. Um, car 118, the first time in the history of the race that that number's been used, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Matt Charter, Jalen Robotham, um, wild card debut for both in the race and in the championship. Um, great to see a couple of Super 2 guys get their opportunity to pair up They've sourced a car from Walkinshaw and Andretti United. Wally Story is part of that lineup of people that they've put together for this. Um, this is a great story. This is the yes. privateer team that I think a lot of our 
listeners and our fans will really connect to and get on board with um, young blokes with a great opportunity, um, family team. It's got the the feel-good element of the Russells from, what, 2015, I think that was, or 16. For sure. This has been building for a long time now. You think back to, what is it, 20... 2015 or 2016 Sandown. when yeah Sandown mm. when Matt Hat was um 10 pin bowling with the rest of the field unfortunately yes mm. and then the follow up of that him being in an LDM seat for the main game for the following year but not being allowed to not getting a super license mm. dispensation but having to sit through the season launch at Adelaide knowing that wasn't going to happen that's rough it was like the, yeah that sh- that should never have been allowed to happen um but he has come on Leaps and bounds in the last few years. Brian Cotty as his engineer and Super Two for a lot of years. Yeah, very very experienced experienced hand, and you've seen it in the results that Matt's been getting over the last mm. few years. Like yeah. He, he yep. it wouldn't be a surprise to see him win a Super Two round nowadays. Not far away. No, not far away. Townsville this year came really close. Mm. So it's fantastic to see him finally get that main game chance after all those years, and to as you said to make it happen. With his own team, with, yeah. with a good quality car as well, and they've put it together themselves. This yeah. is this is this is the really key element. They're from Albury, up on the border of Albury Wodonga. Um, Jalen Robotham's a good young guy who was fast in Super Three. He's been fast in Super Two, so he's got an opportunity here to make a bit of a name for himself. But I'd love to see them just hover, just hover all day. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think the Russells finished fifteenth from my memory in sixteen or there or thereabouts. So. If they could pull a result like that and hover around the lead lap, lucky dog's a good thing. Yeah. Might keep them floating around that lead lap. Um, but nevertheless, to run your own operation, this is the way they wanted to do it as their family team. It's not just like going and doing a deal somewhere and buying a drive and, you know, rocking up with your helmet. This is this is them putting their heart, blood and sweat and tears into this to, to make it happen. So yeah. well done to them. It's really cool. And this is the part that keeps the connection. I know a lot of our listeners and Modern day fans bemoan the lack of privateers and the that traditional element of the race, but the race has moved on from that. But this is the modern modern Equivalent. day version of a yeah. privateer, isn't it? This wildcard. The remaining car in the grid for us to look at is at the other end of the wildcard scale, <laughs> both in yes. experience and the team operating it. So Craig Lowndes is back for his 29th Bathurst 1000. It is insane. He's been on the podium 14 of 28 times, 50% strike rate, which is insane. Declan Fraser, his co-driver, um, zero. <laughs> it's, his, it's his first. His, his um, last racing, his his last lap of Mount Panorama in a supercar we touched on earlier. Uh, we did. Yeah, we did. And um, he's Didn't going to well. No, no. It was a half-completed lap. Yeah. Um, he, ha- uh, he has driven at Mount Panorama since. He did the six-hour earlier this year. Uh, 12 hour. Sorry, the 12-hour yeah, earlier this year. One of the Mark year. cars, yeah, yeah, which is the whole point of, of that was, you know, pretty – I wouldn't mind betting he had a pretty good idea at that point that he was doing – this, although it hadn't been announced, because yeah. he'd be in a laps. supercar at Bathurst in one way, shape, or another. Yeah, for sure. So he's got a great opportunity here. It's the kid and the kid. Uh, Craig Lowndes um, has been with Triple Eight for so many years now. The results for Lowndes and Triple Eight are nuts. Can I read them out for you? Go right ahead. From 05 onwards, 15th. Eh, okay. Got a wheel, busted the Watts linkage air. First, 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 fifth, first, second, third, third, tenth, first. 16th, 11th, we don't talk about those ones too much. First, fourth, DNF, he didn't do it, fourth. It is for a body of work for that period of time. So this will be his 18th Bathurst with Triple Eight. That is impressive. I don't care who you are, who you support, who you don't support. 
that record, that volume of work, that many visits to the podium, nuts. And you think that he was a main driver for the bulk of that? Yeah, yeah. Like all the way up to 18 when he was still- That's nine like podium the, trips. Like the the last, the tail end of that 2018 race where it was a triple stint flat out, no safety cars, mm. and they were running 206s on average at the yep. front of the race. Yep. God knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's interesting, really interesting. Here's the other interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Who qualifies the car? It will be interesting, won't it? Because I think the team themselves have even said that they're a bit Xbox in their wildcard in their theory of how all this is going to shake out. Well, is it the veteran, the guy who's got that tr- amazing track record that we just talked about, or is it the guy who's been in a supercar all year? I, I reckon they both are going to get a go at it. Yeah. It's going to go off Can the you run, leading well, up to the I was going to say, you can only run one driver in a qualifying session, can't you? You can't swap them out. Uh, I don't know if that's a rule. Hmm. You don't have to run your primary driver. I mean, remember no, yeah. some years ago, Jack Perkins qualified for GRM instead of Alex Premer. Hmm. So totally up to – and I, th- I don't think there's a – I haven't looked at this, but I know there's a rule that says you can't give them both a crack. Hmm. And it's a lo- it's the longest session of the year. True. But I, I think you make the call based oh, off the, the yeah. run-up. But clearly there's a lot of co-driver sessions here and Declan is the nominated co-driver, so he gets to – have those sessions exclusively here. So, um, so many questions. There's so many questions for me on this one. Um, having been a co-driver for three years, now he's kind of the lead driver again. Is this how close is this car speed-wise to the blokes who've been driving them all year? I re- it's so interesting to know. Can he put in the shootout? Which guy could put it in the shootout? Yeah. Uh, where could they finish in the race? I mean. There's so many questions here. I'm totally intrigued. Yeah, absolutely. It's as we know from last year, that car in terms of its preparation is near enough to identical to the oh, the Red Bull so. Ample cars. They'll have all the yeah. best gear for sure. They have every opportunity to, for that car to be mm. up the pointy end of the field. Yeah, now it's down to. Uh, I mean, you know, and this is the thing: how many more Bathursts has Lounsey got? Well, he's got at least one. Well, he's contracted. Yeah, yeah. he's contracted. But yeah. Does he go and beyond that? Does someone else sign him up? Does he want to be signed up elsewhere? There are so many questions. But you know what? Let's just enjoy the fact that one of the biggest stars of the sport is on the grid for the biggest race of the year. Exactly. And he's sharing a garage with Murph. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think that's just hilarious. How that's Ninety-six all, all over again. Managed to work out, and we we said at the start it's his three hundredth round. Uh, coming into this weekend. So they are the 28 cars, 56 drivers. Um, you're going to get a whole pile of content on our website in the lead-up to this race. We're going to do a bunch of pods during race week as well. You'll get a pod every day, updates from the track, um, some special content in the lead-up as well, which is going to be great fun. Uh, I mentioned before, Will, questions. We've got questions from fans, but before we get to those ones, we've got three burning questions heading to Bathurst. We've kind of covered off a few of them, mm. but I'm interested in your thoughts. Mm. Will Holden fans be emotional about the last Bathurst 1000 and will it be that fact that motivates lots of them to attend or have they got last Bathurst fatigue and they're there for other reasons? I, I don't think it's going to be the primary motivation for a lot of people to attend. Mm. I think not not to not to um, push that down, but the fact, as you said earlier, this is the first Bathurst where everyone can go again. Yeah. After yeah. the last couple of years. That's yep. I, I think that'll be the primary thing for a lot of people. The Holden thing will be right up there, but yeah. My second burning question. Can car ninety seven or twenty five drive into history as just the third two time winning chassis? Unless they don't get written off beforehand, yes. Mm. Mm. 
will they rather than can they? Is question, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's that's an the, amazing that's the bit we don't know. It's an amazing yeah. piece of Bathurst history if either of those happens to win. For sure, and in an era where it's probably as hard as ever, or it's as it's more competitive at the front of the field than ever to win a Bathurst. Mm. Yeah, and the only two to do it were the Brock HDT car of 8283 and the Scaife HRT car of 01. Golden Child. And 02, the Gold Child. That's exactly the one. My other question is, are Sandown and Pukekohe clear, proper signs that DJR will have its most competitive Bathurst since 2019? I'm you, saying yes. Yeah. Those it's tracks hard to are relevant to Bathurst. You think back to 2019 when those cars were fast everywhere and then they suddenly weren't that quick at Sandown, although they'd had a disrupted weekend. Mm. Um, we talked about momentum earlier and it's momentum at the right time. Like Davo, Will Davison must be riding very high on confidence heading to Bathurst. Bathurst is a confidence circuit. If you're, if you're up on the wheel, up riding high in the seat, you can do great things there. It all depends on that race pace. And you, you, you can be driving as well as you can, as we saw with Anton last year, as we can see with Will this year. If the car's not good over a race stint or not as competitive as some other cars over a race stint, there's nothing you can do about it. No, there's not, but they've been able to be more competitive over a race stint mm. at those last two tracks than yeah. they were in the first three, four, five rounds. For sure. Year. So going to Bathurst, I think that they are on for their most competitive from a pace point of view. Since 19 when we, we saw what happened there and how that all unfolded. What are your burning questions? you got a few burning inside you at the moment? Yeah. Um, um, at the top of my list is can Tickford or Brad Jones Racing finally end their Bathurst jinxes? It seems like to both. Win? To win. Because it's been a long time since, since Tickford won that race. Two-part answer from a two-part question, yes mm-hmm. and no. Mm-hmm. Tickford winning? Yeah. Yeah, I can see Cam Waters and James Moffat winning. Can I see a BJR car winning? Not without a bit of luck, not without a bit of strange stuff going on. Would it be a great result? Hell yeah. This will be the 25th BJR Bathurst attempt. Wow. I think that pops up in the questions a little later. (laughs) This is a long episode, but we figure that there's a lot of people who are doing road trips and driving. It's a long drive, yes. um, We're going to plough on. It's a big Repco Bathurst 1000 preview episode. So... But out of the four Tickfords, I only see one as maybe winning. And out mm. of the BJRs, I really only see one as maybe winning. So that's eight cars in the race. Yeah. So You just that, need one car to and win. that leads me back to the point that we should be able to pair them up together. All the eggs in the one basket. It would make more teams come into play as capable of winning. Mm. Same amount as at the moment how many cars, you would have that many teams. So which, which main gamer at BJR would you put in with Andre? Probably Bryce. Yeah, that would make less oh, sense. Maybe Macca. I, I don't know. I haven't done the height measurements on all those <laughs> blokes lately to know who goes where. But guys who've been driving the cars all year, you always find a way to marry up the stickers. Yeah. All those teams that used to have sponsor clashes those didn't awful, in the last few Awful years looking as, liveries. But you know what? That's the other thing. I love the fact that for Bathurst, the special race of the year, you get unique Liveries, you get drivers driving together, you get different looking cars. It doesn't look as cookie cutter as every other round. Okay, there's yeah, no that special livery along the way. But we saw some cool stuff that FPR did, that Stone Brothers did. And don't forget. Uh, I don't think Blue and Teal was a was, – well, oh, oh, I don't it think worked. I'd call it special. It, it, well, I don't it think it did. unique is the word <laughs> yes, I was looking yeah. for. Uh, but I think it's one of those scenarios that we should look at it again. 
because I think it brings – people say, oh, yes, but more cars. No, no. The same amount of teams can win as cars can win now because mm. you make some of those other teams stronger and more capable, but you don't take, you know, Triple Eight, if they've got the lineup they have this year, they're still a factor. That's not going to change. If they're both in championship contention and you've got to split them, all these storylines, all these angles, all these possibilities. Yeah. There's plenty of fodder there. What are the other two burning questions? Um, I'm curious about will we see a two in qualifying? <laughs> We we're only three tenths oh, off it last off. year. Yeah. And yeah. in theory, you would expect cooler, uh, better conditions I, in October than December. I'm going to say no. Because I don't think there's going to be someone who nails the setup like they did on that car last year. Mm. We didn't think they'd do that last year either. I know, but I, can someone do it two years in a row? Well, maybe. Oh, we'll see. So you're saying yes, a two's on? I'm asking if we can. You got to answer the question as well, Will. <laughs> yes. Okay. There you go. Just. Okay. What a nine nine. Nine nine. Nine 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 nine. Just kidding. Doesn't have to be Still one. Counts. Still it's counts. a two. Yeah, yeah. There's a two in there somewhere. Third question. Um, now that it's going back to a four day event, how will this year's event feel compared to last year's Mega Bathurst? <laughs> It'll still be long. It'll still be intense. But man, it was punishing last year. I it was, was a lot. I was rooted at the end of last year's Bathurst. Well, we got to Wednesday Arvo and thought, hang on, we haven't had a supercar on track I yet. Know, <laughs> There's I still know. four days it to go. It was large. But um, what we did have last year was a lot of different really cool categories on track. It was a real celebration of motorsport at the best circuit in Australia. And you will never see that ever again. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to feel a bit different, but mm. I think the thing that I'll feel more different about is, is that return of normality of what I've said before – Kiwis are back. More campers are back. The yeah. state people are back. It's going to be our, our first full-strength Bathurst in three years. So yeah. I think that's the thing that um, probably sticks out more. But it's a good point because last year was, well, I always say Bathurst is, car ra- is Christmas for car racing fans. Mm. Last year Christmas was like a mega bonus, huge bonanza Christmas. Mm. This year we're back to a still pretty cool regular yes. Christmas that <laughs> yeah. can be described as that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, a couple of little plugs before we get into our Q&As. We'll zip through them. Um, thank you, everybody, who has bought a ticket to our Greg Murphy open night. I know there's a few people a little edgy about whether Murph was going to be there if his car was going to be able to be running, um, but that is a sold-out event. We've got no more tickets. We're getting emails and messages from people who are asking if they can come. We have all 200 seats sold out, so I'm sorry that we can't take on any more people. We don't have any wait lists or, or anything like that, so thank you, everyone. We look forward to seeing you on the Thursday night at the National Motor Racing Museum. Um, We're going to have our V8 Sleuth books and stock available in the Repco Trackside store, which will be in Harris Park. It's a redesigned Harris Park this year, uh, down at the bottom of the mountain in the merch area, so keep your eyes out there, pop on in. Um, I'm told there's a pretty interesting Dick Johnson racing car that's going to be on display in there. Really? I'm going to pop up once a day and do some history chatting on that for people and... um, Help them pass the lunchtime uh, of resident <laughs> the access. The lunchtime stint. Yeah, yeah, resident access uh, stint. That's that's me. Um, 
The other thing too, and I'm not going to give the details here, mm-hmm. the Castrol Motorsport News podcast has been a belter this year and the boys have teed up a little bit of a special drinks for our listeners of that podcast to come along on the Friday night at Bathurst. The details for where and when you've got to listen to the Castrol Motorsport News podcast to find out. But we want to say thank you to our uh, listeners of that pod who've jumped on board this year um, in the best way we know how and shout the bar for a little while. So, mm. But if you want to know where, why, how to be there, you've got to be a Castrol Motorsport News podcast listener. So have a listen to the ep this week and next week and you'll get all the details from the boys. Now, Q&A, Will, let's barrel in here. There's plenty of them going on. Uh, Luke Johnston on Facebook wants to know, why are the start and finish lines in different places at Bathurst? Most other tracks have got them in the same place. Well, Bathurst's in a, a kind of a unique situation where race control and the timing, the timing line used to be, or it's where the finish line is now. Mm. Um, But you couldn't practically put the starting line there because the fifth row of the grid would be pointed at 45 degrees to get straight. They'd be halfway (laughs) around the corner. Um, So we did ask our data guru, Shane, for a bit of an answer with this as well. Um, He says it's simply a matter of practicality. It's no requirement that the start and finish line have to be the same on any circuit. FIA guidelines say new circuits should have at least... 250 metres in the run to the first corner where possible. And it makes sense that a grid is as straight as possible so that visibility is maximised at the start. I think the other thing to consider too is where the um, finish line currently is. If you go back to Bathurst history where the timing was on the outside of the track there um, was right there. Yes. So when the cars are going through to, you know, complete a lap, they're doing it right in front of lap scoring and, and race can, or, you know, yes. those keeping track of who's where in the, in the race, particularly well before the era of um, uh, Dorian's and electronic Dorian's timing. And electronic timing. Well. Exactly, yes. exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's that one for you, Luke. And, yeah, it does look a little strange when you stop and think about it too, but it's no different to, what, the bend? That's got the same sort of scenario where mm. the start line's down Elsewhere. the road and yeah. the finish line there is right near pit entry. So... It's certainly not a totally unique thing. Zach Dowdle via Facebook. Given Noons' involvement in Channel 10's coverage of the 2017 Bathurst 1000, did you have any involvement in Larco's famous This Is Bathurst intro or was that Larco at his pure unscripted best? Zero involvement. Had nothing to do with it. Saw it for the first time in the TV compound on the Wednesday at Bathurst at the race. Um, that was Larco at his pure, unscripted, slightly beer-assisted best. And he tells that story in an upcoming episode of the V8 Sleuth he podcast. He does. I recently caught up with Larco, and that ep's coming later in the year, and we talked about that This Is Bathurst intro. So uh, we covered off the background of how that all came to be, so I think you'll enjoy that one. So, uh, no, I had no involvement and can claim zero credit for being involved. Well, you've missed your chance to. You could easily have done so. Yeah. For, for a couple of weeks, not, at least until fib. he tells the oh, story. No, no, I'm not going to fib. I'm not going to fib. Uh, Ryan Oldershaw loves a podcast. What's the biggest lead loss margin in history of the great race, i.e. leading the race by a big margin and didn't end up winning the race? Short, simple answer to this one. Six laps, Peter Brock and Brian Sampson in 1974. Well, he got it done five years later by six laps, but yes, he was yeah. six laps up about two-thirds of the race in that day. So yeah. I'd hate to know how much he could have won by if he'd uh, – Pressed on with that. Uh, Grabo Adam on Facebook, who's completed the most amount of laps at Bathurst but has never won and or been on the podium. So let's stick to has never won 
Mm. Surely that's Glenn Seaton. Surely. Indeed it is. 3,496 laps, best finish second. And this is his cars. This is his car. So he might not have driven all the laps, but we're talking about the entry that he was in. Yeah. So, Correct. So a lot of laps. That's a lot of Ks. Um, most without a podium? Most without a podium, without an outright podium, mm. it's worth qualifying mm. because, of course, we had a lot of class drivers and they were often celebrated on the podium. Ray Golson, 3,001 oh, yeah. laps. <laughs> Just one. <extra>. Yeah. <laughs> His best outright finish was seventh place in the race. So while we're in a bit of lapness, uh, I think this was a bit of a theme for a lot of people with the questions this year. Elliot Beaton, which drivers completed the most amount of race laps around Bathurst and how many have they completed? May not be a big surprise as to who tops this list, but it is Peter Brock with 4,295 <laughs> laps with a little note from Shane next to it, bolstered by a few cross entries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many. No. But a few. No, no a few. And two, two crucial ones. Yeah, a, a couple along the way. And only slightly behind him on 4,267 laps is Jim Richards. That's so close. And right behind them on 4,048 laps and could surpass them if he does two more Bathursts, Craig Lowndes. Yeah, right. Wow. I reckon he could. He could. If he completes the next two. Yeah, yeah. he's absolutely there. Uh, Reese May on Facebook. Do we think the Enduros, especially Bathurst, should go back to being non-championship rounds and let the teams run whatever driver combos they want? He says that he thinks they should, like it was in the golden era. Depends where you're from for when the golden era is. The good old days Having of today. Having the championship involved takes away some of the excitement for me. What about you? Well, well, you kind of covered off your, your stance on all this a few minutes ago, but to be honest, I'm happy with the idea of just keep the main drivers in their own cars, nice and simple. Should be part of the championship? Should be part of the championship. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah. If you're going to be the supercars champion, you have to have had the biggest race of the year be part of that crowning your, yeah. you know, whether you did good or bad at it, it's got to be part of it. Indy 500 is not a standalone race. Daytona 500 is no. not a standalone race. Monaco and, Grand Prix. And don't forget too, it's the jewel in the crown for the television rights, for so many things that we do in our business mm. are hubbed around Bathurst. And, yeah. you know, TV over the journey, they're all about the Bathurst 1000 rights and that they get the championship. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. Because Bathurst is that big. And I I don't see it taking away some of the excitement for me. I mean, the fact that it's in the cha- – I mean, the championship's nearly over. Mm. So no one should be thinking or talking about championship at Bathurst. It's all about the race. And I feel like it has been even when – there's been a championship fight going on. It's kind of a, yeah, yeah, we'll deal with that when it's all washed out at the end of Sunday and see what the points look like. Because well, I said generally, there's so been, big. There's generally been more rounds afterwards. So the last if, few years we haven't yeah, had that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, I keep it championship. Keep it championship. And you want to keep them in there. I'm happy with that, cars. yes. I don't agree. But mm. It's good. Disagreeance is part of life. That's <laughs> how it is. Um Ken Atchison, who's a long-time listener, uh, can a main game driver have a say on who his co-driver will be or is it all up to the owners and their decisions are final? It depends on team to team. A lot of teams will give, will ask their driver, is there anyone you want? Like you think of instances of Triple Eight asking Craig Lowndes, all right, Scafie's leaving, who do you want? He want Craig wanted Luffy, so he mm. got Luffy. Mm. Mm. I, I think drivers do get a lot of input in terms of things, but the ultimate call is with the team. Yeah. But, um, as it's the team that writes up the contracts and mm. in some cases and accepts the check. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Dan Boyle, loyal listener, avid listener, buyer of all things sleuth. Very good. Good man, uh, good man Dan. Good man. Uh, which teams entered the most events without a Bathurst win across all the eras? 
Well, I think we covered this off kind of earlier in the pod. We did. Brad Jones Racing. Mm, 25 Bathursts this year as BJR without a, a win. And don't forget they had that Starian year as well before BJR was officially formed. You know, oh, it's, it's BJ Motorsports, which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same but different. Yeah. Brad and Kim and a Starian. Yes. You know, as you do. Uh, who's next? James Grabham from Facebook. Hi, team. Who has the most DNFs in the 1,000-kilometre race? Now, a couple of qualifying elements here because if a driver's hopped into a different car under the cross-entering rules of the time and finished, it's not counted as a DNF, even though the car that they left Well, they finished the race. Well, that's right. So <laughs> at the end of the day. Just qualifying that because there's always someone out there that tries to trip us over on these things. Yeah. Um, you could argue that Dick Johnson in 88 had two DNFs and a second-place finish. On the one day. On the one day. Good effort. Mm. Um, Terry Finnegan, yeah. 16 DNFs, and that doesn't include one year he didn't qualify and one year where he didn't start. There you go. Closely followed, Gary Wilmington, 15, and Dick Johnson, 14. Mm. Mm. There you go. There you go, James. There's an answer to your question. Next question from Sam K. Chassis questions for the great Ooh, race. I like those. I like the, yeah, we do. Which chassis lining up for this year's race is the oldest? Which has the most racing miles on it? may not necessarily be the oldest, and which has had the most success in its life racing supercars. Last one's easy. That's Van Gisbergen's car. Mm-hmm. It's won 36 championship races now, which is a record, and it's being extended every time he wins one. Yes. The oldest is Matt Charter's car, which is Walkinshaw Chassis 18. So that was the Tony Delberto high flex car that Walkinshaw's built for him um, as a VF got updated to ZB later on. So it debuted at Adelaide 2013, the start of the the era. Car of the Future era, yeah, absolutely. So it's had plenty of different drivers. I think the last time that was at Bathurst was Rossi and Hinchcliffe drove that car in uh, 19. But the most raced in terms of kilometres, which includes non-championship supercar races too, is the Cool Drive car, the Slade Blanchard car, which started its life as a Pro Drive Falcon. It's This is amazing. It's completed 33,908 kilometres. Of wow. racing. That's just of racing, yeah. not even taking into account practice, practice sessions, and qualifying else. and uh, test days and uh, ride days and all sorts of stuff like that. So that's a that's a pretty stunning one. Uh, Ray Hasty's question, what do you reckon is the weirdest moment ever at Bathurst and why? Uh, for me, it's hard to go past the hour-long race stoppage in 2014 where a lot of us were just standing around going, well, what do we do now? Good time for lunch. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that was weird. Yeah. But I felt... You know, visitors at the track, on the track and around the track are not new in mm. Bathurst. Kangaroos are kind of P1. They're the obvious one. Um, but echidnas have never come on the radar until last year. I think that was the weirdest moment. And yeah. to see it burrow its way through the fence uh, <laughs> and not get skittled by any of the cars which was, was a good amazing, result. But it, it was it weird. came close, yeah. It was weird to see that thing on the track. Oh, Eddie the Echidna really spiced up the race too. Ooh, that was a very yeah. well-timed safety Ooh, car. Oh, yeah. Release the Echidna. Yeah. Next question, Sebastian DeSalvo from Facebook. Which chassis has done the most Bathurst 1000s in the Car of the Future era? And we kind of we kind of touched on the answer to this in the previous question from Sam mm. K. It's that Cool Drive race, the Cool Drive car PRA 1520. It is doing its seventh Bathurst 1000 this year. Yeah, every year from 2016 with Pro Drive through, which is pretty impressive. And actually, the car that Thomas Randall's running, which remember he moved into that car, which was the Zach Best wildcard car uh, from the Bend, uh, that's up to its sixth Bathurst. And Jack Smith's car and Matt Charter's car are having their sixth 
Bathurst 1000 as well. Uh, which driver's got the most starts with different co-drivers? I, I referenced Cam Waters earlier on finally doubling up for the first time in his career, but who's got the most starts with different co-drivers? Uh, it is Bob Holden. Ah. Yeah, 25 wow. different co-drivers. He must have been very smelly. <laughs> and this doesn't, remarkably, this doesn't include the 69 race and the 83 race, which he didn't start. Which but he had two different other co-drivers? Two different other co-drivers, <laughs> but this number doesn't include that because he didn't start the race. And Bill Fanning, who co- who practised the car in 1970 to co-drive with him, but didn't end up doing any laps in the race. So it could have been 28. Could have been 28. That's insane. Yeah. Next best behind him is... Colin Bond on 23, and then Glenn Seaton and Peter Brock on 22. That's a great stat. Yeah. That is a really cool one. That's, Bob um, Holden, who'd have thought? Wow, that's uh, that's a cracker. Uh, Cam Kirby from Twitter. Um, which chassis completed the most kilometres at Bathurst under race conditions? Not just the 1,000, but any race. Super 2, um, the 2021 Mount Panorama 500. We've limited this to supercars to be able to tell the answer here, but surely... That Blanchard car wins this one as well. PRA fifteen twenty once again. It's done nine hundred and sixty eight laps in racing at Bathurst over the six Bathurst one thousand starts. Um, include and also thirty five laps at the February twenty twenty one Mount Panorama uh, five hundred. Yeah, which wasn't en- the full distance, was which, it? Well, sadly not. It ended mm. up being a funny shape after mm. that thirty fifth lap. Mm. Um, they're also, that's the most of any V8 supercar, including Super 2, Super 3 races, cars, chassis, etc. There won't be enough laps running in combined sedans races or the like of any other car that could compete in that to get even close mm, to that. Mm, short races. Yeah. Um, and f- it's worth noting that GRM VX03 in the 2013 Bathurst 12-hour completed 248 laps, but it had only done two... Bathurst's, Bathurst 1000s prior Which was the Melrose car that ran yes. in the um, invitational class. But the thing that beats them all, though, surely when you've got two 24-hour races, that's a lot of laps. Exactly. So am I right in my field that there's a Monaro GRM yellow car that would be the would beat that? 1,059 laps <laughs> yes. of racing across the 2004 24-hour, which it won, and the 2003 24-hour, which it didn't. But finished second on the lead lap by yes. a couple of – what was it, B's knee. So that counts as – that works out to 6,579 kilometres of racing wow. around Mount Panorama. Only driven on Saturday, Sundays. Yes. Yeah, yeah. nice. Um, Saren Thatch is a regular listener and uh, sleuther. Who's got the most consecutive Bathurst 1000 finishes? I reckon someone like Larry Perkins would be high on the list. We kind of covered this off a bit earlier, didn't we? Yeah. Um, Jamie Wincup, Craig Lowndes and Alex Davison all 17 in a row this year. In terms of like consecutive mm, attempted mm. starts, yeah. So, Wink Up and Lounge, they, they don't have a current streak. That streak ended when Jamie crashed in twenty. Mm. So they had both started their streak separately in different cars in 03. Um, Alex has kept his going the whole way through despite missing um, twenty sixteen. So he's got a chance to get to eighteen this year and grab that record out of the record book away from those two blokes. So Tell you what, um, all those laps that Ivan Muller did in that freezing, windscreenless, <laughs> better electrical Falcon in 05, really worth it for Craig, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept him going, kept him going. Uh, the next best active streak, by the way, is Van Gisbergen, who's done 13 straight from 09 to last year. So, Because a lot of people think he didn't finish the year that he led in the techno car, remember when it wouldn't restart at the last pit stop because he got out and went through the garage and went to the truck. 
a lot of people, that was kind of the last view they had of that car on the yeah. telecast, but they actually got it going again and he actually did finish the race. I so. mean, to be fair, there was a lot of other stuff going on in the yeah, closing laps busy. of that yeah, race. It was, it was a bit busy, that's for sure. Um, Nims, who is the co-host of the driver's seat on SEN, uh, with Lounsey doing his 300th round and the first to do it, who's second in round starts behind Craig? That would be his Triple Eight teammate, Garth Tander, who's... 288th round start will occur at Bathurst. Oh, how's the experience in the co-driver chairs at that joint? It's a bit there. Well, then you've got, I think Rick Kelly's next. Hang on, I got the numbers here. Rick Kelly, 265. Frosty, 261 at Bathurst goes by Jason Bright, who's 260. Ingle, 254. And Winkup gets to 253 at Bathurst. So you, in the triple eight lineup of six drivers, you've got Tander, Lounds and wink up there with literally like that is out of control. And then you add Van Gisbergen, who's got plenty of round starts to his own name as well. Um, Declan and Brock are really not holding the. Uh, they're really holding things up here. They're, <laughs> they're not really adding much to this in terms of that. Well, I don't think they need to add much to that statistic. No, no. The other guys have got it covered. Matt Botchell asks: Other than the twenty-five and the ninety-seven, are there any other chassis that could win a second one thousand? Not this year. Nope. Definitely not this year. Uh, Scott Drew is asking, this is an interesting one, National Motor Racing Museum has the GRM wildcard car from a few years ago, Tyler Ebringham um, car from Bathurst 2020. Who else has driven it prior to that? And are there any other interesting dot points around that car? So that was the last supercar that GRM has built to date, GRM 024. That's actually the car we were talking about it before the year James Golding nearly made the shootout. That was in this very car when he had Richard Musket as co-driver. They raced the same car again in 2019. And then, of course, it was the wildcard car from 2020, which Nathan Hearn drove in testing but never got to drive in the actual event due to not getting a super license dispensation. And he wasn't the only guy to drive it in he testing in Winton because um, James Moffat drove it mm. as well as part of that testing. So Moff didn't race that car for GRM, but he did um, put his backside behind the wheel uh, in, in the chair. So uh, that was, yeah, Winton 2020. And, um, it's Which still I assume would have required there. a call to Tim Edwards to say, hey, Tim, um, I kind of need to do, there's this thing I've got to do where I'm driving another team's supercar. Uh, I don't know. Maybe mm. he did, maybe he didn't, but he does stuff with GRM as well. So, it's true. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure if that was a phone call or, or not, but he definitely drove the car. Uh, Pete Tant, which drivers led the most laps at Bathurst but never won the race? So much like the last question along these lines, the, we credit the driver with a lap led if their car led it, regardless of whether they're in the seat or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So at the top Surely of this- it's Seaton. Surely it's Glenn Seaton. Surprisingly, it's not. Mm. So Glenn didn't actually lead that many laps in the great race relative to some of the other names on this list. He's actually P6 on this mm. list. Okay. Um, at the top, well, actually, no, let's go reverse. Mm. Fifth on the list, Tom Walkinshaw, 121 laps. Led Most of those would be in a jag. Yep, in 85. If not all of them, actually. I think they, yeah, I'd say they all would be. Mm. Uh, next is Paul Radisich, 127 yeah, laps. Okay. Yeah, I see that. A lot in the 99 race. Um, third on the list, Pierre Giudone. Oh, I didn't even think of cars that led but didn't get, that got excluded. But you'll notice that Steve Soper, his co-driver from 87, is not on this list. It's because Giudone was in another car that led the race a few years later. Second on the list. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay, I'll explain yeah, it. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm so wanting to know. David Bernard is second on this list with 172 laps. 
Wow. Yeah. Led a lot in 2000 with Longhurst. Yes. Well, a few, not heaps. Not heaps, but yeah. Led a fair bit with Holdsworth in 10. That's yes. where a lot of that came from. Yes. On top of this list is Klaus Niedswitz. Oh. Yeah. Who wow. led a large chunk of the 88 race. Yep. Um, a large chunk of the 90 race as well. Mm-hmm. So this is the other car that- and Pierre did he lead laps in 87 at some point? Surely he led some. some uh, I'd have some to look, end. but surely. Yeah. Surely in pit stops. Wow. Yeah. I did not see this coming. And it's great to hear Klaus Niesewitz mentioned again, who was a regular for Alan Moffat in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm. Yes. Next question from Troy Summerfield via Facebook. I think this is our last question, actually. It is. Yep. What is the lowest grid position that has never won? And oh. another one you might need to dig for. What's the lowest number that has never started the great race? Lucky we can dig, hey. Yes. Um, eighth is the lowest grid position that's never won. It's the only spot in the top ten that a winner's never come from before. Then if you count up the line of grid positions not to produce winners, 14th, 16th and 18th are the only places inside the top 20 on the grid to not produce a winner. So that I've been running that eight stat in our document for the TV crew for so many years now and it's still <laughs> it's yet in there. to be broken. Copy and paste. It's been getting a run every year. Um, lowest number, and we're not counting numbers with zeros, by the way, um, 85 has never been used before. That's as low as they come. Um, okay. 86 and 95 are the only other two-digit numbers that have never been used in the great race. There you go. So, we need to get Lightning McQueen over to come on. Yeah, we do. Yeah, he's, uh, he's already 95? got his number ready to go. Um, I'm not sure if he fits Gen 3 regulations for next year, <laughs> old Lightning. But it's a two-door uh, coupe. Yeah, true, true. Small car, small car. Hey, that's our Repco Bathurst 1000 preview podcast. It is a long one, but it's always a long one because it is the race that has so many things to talk about. Um, we've got a massive week at Bathurst. We've got the full team up there with Connor, with Stefan, Will, myself, Shane, um, putting together lots of content for the website, plenty of podcasts, our Murph, our Murph Night at the Museum, spit it out. Um, there's so much going on at Mount Panorama and our website's keeping absolutely pumping. So vhsalute.com.au is the place to go in the lead up to right throughout the course of the weekend and in the aftermath of another great race. We're looking forward to getting up there. We're hitting the road on Tuesday. We'll roll into the track Wednesday morning in what is going to be another classic event. So if you're on the site, if you're there or floating around, come up and say good day. Look forward to always chatting to so many of you um, as we do at these events. We'd love to have you supporting what we do, listening to the pod, reading the web, doing all that sort of stuff. So enjoy your trip. Stay safe on your way up to the Repco Bathurst 1000 or down or across or wherever you're coming from. Over. And over. Yeah, that's the over other one Tasman I forgot Sea about. or yeah, whatever yeah. other body of water. Yeah. <laughs> we started not good on numbers and we finished not good on direction, so it's definitely the way to be. Um, have a safe trip there. Look forward to seeing you all there. If you can't go, tune in on Fox, KO and 7. It's going to be a big four days of coverage across Fox, three days on seven. It's going to be a belter. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds, you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.